Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that has a giant floating head working as an unpaid producer. Here are two guys that definitely need tune to give them a refresher course on Lesson 36, Matt and Doug. I, I had to actually go back and, and check to see which number it was. Level number 36? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's Matt. How are you doing, Doug? I'm good, man. I'm real it's, good. It's Sunday. It is it, Sunday. I don't know how it is there, but... I'll, I'll get into it. Actually, I'll get into it right now. I'm coming in hot again from direct from hockey. I had a hockey game basically almost two hours ago when it started. Driving to any rink in Ohio from where I live is basically about half an hour, no matter which rink it is, and there's five of them. Took me 50 minutes to get there. Hmm. I'm driving, and it's starting to rain. And there's some people up ahead of me on the interstate. They have their flashers on. I'm like, man, these people are pussies. Three minutes later, yeah, I had my flashers on. <laughs> <laughs> Raining that hard, huh? I, I've i never driven in rain that hard before. Uh, the, your visibility was 30, 40 feet at most. There's a joke there somewhere. Yeah, probably. But anyway, you ready to uh, dive into it? Yeah. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. My week, I will go first. You had said that you thought that there was somebody in Apocalypse Now that was also in Valley Girl. Mm-hmm. Colleen Camp played a playmate in Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse Now, and she played the hot mom in Valley Girl. Okay, there's what in the redo, redo, there's one that gets naked in a helicopter. I think there's three playmates. Yes. And one of them in the in the extended version, one of them gets naked. I've never seen it, so you could tell me there's there was full penetration and I have would have no way to <laughs> you would say, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Check that out. Yeah. So um picked up my boy's girlfriend today to go to my sister's lake house and her mom was there and I had mentioned her name is Doreen, that we'd have a brief conversation and she asked about the podcast. And she said, oh, I listened a little bit. Okay. Here we go. And she said, it was just, it was the the episode where you guys talked about indie. And I had to turn it off because you told me that there were spoilers. And I haven't seen it yet. But I'll come back to it. So I'm like, hmm, wonder what she heard. Right out of the gate. The first thing I said is, I'm going to take a guess at how you thought about what you thought about this movie. I bet you fucking hated it. Right out of the gate. That's what she heard. Yeah. Is, Is that your indie clip? No. Okay. Oh, well, but, but speaking of indie, still angry. Three weeks later, still angry. And there's still people going, Oh, it's such a great movie. Uh, and this is, this is how I feel about those people. But the people are retarded. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> yes, you can. If it's on YouTube, you can say it on a podcast. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure that that's actually how it works, but anyway, moving on. William Holden was not in The Graduate. He wasn't. It Who was, was the dad? Murray Hamilton. Murray Hamilton. Murray Hamilton. Who's Murray Hamilton? He is the guy who played the dad in The Graduate. No shit. But what else has he been in? Uh, that I don't know. But that actually would have been a great time since I agreed with you on to use the... Fucked up. Yeah. Oh, They're not right. exactly synced. Okay. So you talked last week about finding some socks in your laundry that didn't belong to anybody in your house. Correct. Completely, totally reminded me of this. Well, actually, no, didn't remind me of this. This was actually 
audio that was captured during the conversation between you, your missus, and your son. Now, you didn't mix any of our clothes in with yours, did you? No. And you're not uh, doing other people's laundry for them, are you? <laughs> no. Well, we have some things here from your wash that we think you'd like to see. Yeah. Now, um, is, is, is this yours? <laughs> and and, and is, is this yours? And uh, this is not yours. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I'm, think, I'm guessing those were not socks. Uh, funny how you have a laugh track at your house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we, we bring people in. Yes. Murray Hamilton was the mayor in Jaws. Oh, there there you go. Uh, Random Hearts co-star, Kristen St- Scott Thomas. Yes. She was not in Six Days, Seven Nights. No, no, that was that was burned to a crisp. Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> Crispy pieces. <laughs> Finger licking good. Ask Too Ellen. soon? Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I said this and this is what I do. What? Oh, this is, come on. What was the name of the clip? What uh, we do in the shadows? Yes. What I do in the shadows. It kind of taken Wang to town. <laughs> okay. Um, the guys with the giant hats in Big Trouble in Little China were actually the inspiration for the Mortal Kombat character Raiden. I did read that, yes. And you were correct about when the Friends dedication clip was from. Okay. Yeah. You hate it when you're wrong about that I'm stuff. Not, yeah, especially, yeah, things that I should know. <laughs> right. Uh, Kim Cattrall did not have green eyes. She had to wear contacts. They were very painful. Kim Cattrall did not have green eyes. The other girl didn't have green eyes. They actually both had three brown eyes. Oh. (laughs) Did you uh, go and watch uh, Larry Sanders? I know you didn't. I did not, no. Okay, so here is a clip from the episode I told you to watch. And this, uh, just to set it up, they're going to commercial break, and Larry Sanders, played by um, Gary Gary Shandling, is behind the desk to his immediate right. So his first guest, or his most current guest, is... The guy that hosted uh, Weekend Update that just died. Weekend Update that just... Norv Turner? Norv Turner. Norm, Norm McDonald. <laughs> and then Henry... Norv Turner's, Wait- yeah. Norm, Norv Turner's a football coach. Yeah, for, what, for the Washington a, a football lot of, team. A yeah. lot of teams, yes. And then to his right is uh, Henry Winkler. And then mm-hmm. Hank is all the way on the end. And Hank is played by Rip Torn, correct? No, Rip Torn is the producer. He's played who, by... Who? Uh, Oh, you would know him. He's been in a ton of stuff. But j- just listen to the clip. I'll look up who it was. Good. Hey, Larry. I uh, saw that tape of Hank, man. Oh. That's some kind of hog he's got on him, huh? I'm glad the Fonz are sitting here between us. I feel okay. kind of safe. You look really good, Hank. Very centered. Life must be good, huh? What's that look like? I'm drunk. Actually, my life is shit. Well, it can't be that bad. I mean, I, I just heard that, that you are you're coming out with some kind of a tape, an exercise tape. Congratulations. What is that, a joke? What, are you trying to be funny? You know, you, you can't just uh, bang a, a jukebox and go, you know, your problems disappear, Fonzie. It worked for me. I go fuck yourself. Hey, have you seen Hank's tape? Man, it's unbelievable. That guy's got a huge cock on him. 
Then why is he so upset? He, he was played by Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he had a, he did a couple of stints on Three's Company. Uh, could be he was in that show that everybody loves that Arrested I, Development that insists upon itself. Yes, Arrested yes. Development. All right. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China Part Two: Electric Boogaloo. I I scoured everything. I I couldn't find it, but yet it was in my notes. I don't know if I went like dream walking and typed that in my notes. I couldn't find it on your version. I couldn't find it on the version that I watched. I searched for it on the internet. The only thing that came up was a book that was co-written by Carpenter where Lopan has been resurrected. Okay. Uh, Stephen Williams played Mr. X, not Deep Throat in the X-Files. So that's... I'd be wearing out the Matt fucked up button if I had not already played that. All right. Um, How did we not know that Lopan was... This guy. Yeah, I know. I know that. Seinfeld, fall! Uh, Thank you, Joey. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins played football at Michigan State. Uh Uh-huh. And his wife, I said that she must be chunky because they didn't show her body. Mm -hmm. I was... Okay. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I I said I was wrong once this week, and Jen was very, very happy about that. All right. The bad guy in Clear and Present Danger is also kind of the bad guy in the Mission Impossible series. He's part of the government, and he plays kind of a guy who's fucking Ethan Hunt over in almost all of them. Oh, that guy. Yes. Yes. Him and Harrison Ford kind of share an office in Clear and Present Danger. Yes, and the guy had a get out of jail free card from the president. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. I have nothing else. Okay, I could not find what the what animals were fighting when Jack gets to Chinatown. No, um, I couldn't either. I forgot to look up the Jerry Lewis movie that's racist. Um, I tried to figure out when we stopped beeping things. Forgot to look that up. <laughs> oh, it was Major League. Was it Major, Major League? League? Major League was when the uh, gloves were taken off because there were so many F-bombs in the clips. Uh, Carpenter Films. We have done Escape from New York, The Thing, mm-hmm. Big Trouble mm-hmm. in Little China, and They Live. You mm-hmm. vetoed Christine, mm-hmm. still eligible, 80s films, The Fog, mm-hmm. Starman, Prince of Darkness, and as kind of a bonus, we did Halloween 2, which is sort of a Carpenter film. There has Halloween, been nu- two, Halloween 2, Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> there has been nudity in three John Carpenter films, Halloween vampires and they live which i do not remember was there oh yeah at the end when the chick is riding the dude and the signals turned off there is a a ton uh, a a cattle car or cavalcade if you will of films that the statue of liberty appears in Mm -hmm. but ones with actual action scenes uh saboteur Mm -hmm. 1942 last of the secret agents never even heard of it Planet of the Apes, I wouldn't really say, is an action scene, but it mm, is such a yeah. big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's movie, the first X-Men, and then Spider-Man, No Way Home. Yeah, I thought that that was in... But it, it's a... Instead of having... It, it's holding Captain America's shield and other stuff, so it's Statue of Liberty, sort of. Okay. All right, so moving on.
Uh, the first one is me. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Was that my fart? Yes, because you said you hear that goose. Oh, <laughs> the next one is you. Please, please. It's from good. Uh, Golden Child. Uh, yes. The, the next one is also you. I hope the smoking man's in this one. I hope the smoking man's in this one. Pretty good. Um, next one is me. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Nailed the voice. Nailed the voice mm-hmm. of that one. Uh, the next one is me, and this is one of those ones where I'm embarrassed because I got the verbiage wrong and I should not have. I don't have it uh, on me. I don't have it with me. So. Mm. Uh, next one is you, and it's kind of hard to make out, but it's still there. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you, Jack. Oh, okay. Doing the synthy music. Uh-huh. The next one is mostly, but I have a, a little bit on the end, and my part is wrong. And Well, so is yours. You have a clitoris in your throat. Really? Your clitoris, it's deep down in the bottom of your throat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming you'll be including that in what you're watching this week? No, I, I just look for that particular clip. Oddly enough, oh. that was not on YouTube. I had to go to the source material for that. Oh, all right. Uh, the next one is me, and this is becoming a recurring theme. Eddie! Eddie! Half! Half! I have done all of it by the end of the podcast. So next mm-hmm. one is you. She puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> well, that bit. was you. You actually, I think you got I, that right. I corrected you, yeah. Yes, yeah. But I, I didn't do the, the voice, if you will. Mm. Uh, the next one is me. <laughs> All right, which way? Fast, before they wake up. Just sure, I think. The trading of guns. Ah, all right. Uh, next one is you. Ah, two girls with green eyes. What does it mean? <laughs> two girls with green eyes? <laughs> After all these years... Not so much. <laughs> Next one is me. Eight bit. Yeah. Uh, the next one is you. We're in the spirit world, asshole. <laughs> We're in the spirit world, asshole. They can't see us. <laughs> that one was pretty good. Yeah. That and was not bad. the last dirty, one dirty is Steve. You. Okay. How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? How... You actually were doing more so the president than Harrison Ford. I was Ford doing did. the president. I was doing the president. Because I do a spot on Harrison <laughs> Ford. And that was definitely not my Harrison Ford. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter still. And there has been Doug. You just got beat by Doug. Okay, time to move on. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? My week, so I will go first. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason we're doing the podcast on Sunday is, unlike normal, I actually had stuff going on on Friday night and Saturday night, which made it impossible for us to do it on either of those two nights. 
And the first night, Friday night, we went to a car show, classic car show. And it was fine. And we were, you know, you walk around, you look, and some of these cars are just amazing how, how immaculate they are. You know, 50, 50 car, a 60 car, a 70 car, but just absolutely spotless. And they have the, the hood up and the engine is just all chromed out and looks perfect. Mm-hmm. But they were giving trophies. These trophies were taller than me. Yeah, what do you do with something like that? How do you get it home? Yeah. So I actually, I asked the guys, how are you going to get that home? Oh, you take it apart. Oh, all right. And then last night we went to a friend's retirement party. And when she comes out, she's like, oh, and she's looking around and she sees me and she points at me and she says, she got you out of the house. (laughs) And what are you doing here? But I have a couple, I was going to combine this with the driving story on the way to hockey, but. Well, hold on. There was a picture that was posted on Facebook of your little group. <laughs> that, that was from the car show. Oh, and you said, in one of the comments, you said, I did not approve. I did not this. endorse this I being did, posted or something like that. Yeah. Didn't you not get my little picture with oh, the yeah. thought bubble <laughs> yeah. of you going, fuck. <laughs> well, somebody else commented that I forgot to actually not smile. Uh, yes, because you never smile. Yeah, it was weird. Uh-huh. It was. But we, we've talked about this before, but roundabouts, roundabouts are really big here. And roundabouts are great if people know how to use them. We've had this conversation before. But I almost hit the same person twice yesterday oh, okay. be, because they stopped before going into the roundabout. And they, they probably were local because it was around my house. So I didn't want to lay on the horn and drive by them. But I did when they were going straight and I was turning, I did do the looking at them as I'm driving by, not even looking at the road. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I hear, I understand that giving a thumbs down instead of the middle <laughs> finger is like way more insulting these days. I, I've never heard of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's I've done it. And just the look on their face is just, I'm sorry. <laughs> like you've, I've, you've, I've, you've really disappointed me. And I, so. I have been the person that has done something and I've, you know, when I drive by, I, I kind of wave to him and just kind of say, you know, sorry. <laughs> yes, I've, I've done that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because yeah. there are times when it is my fault that uh-huh. things almost happen. But the, the last thing is today, before my hockey game went over to my mom's house. Actually, I'm sorry. Two more things. Jen and I went over to my mom's house and th- they were kind of ganging up on me. Oh, no. Because talking about getting ready for going to the cabin in. Mm-hmm what I'm packing and stuff. And I, I don't know what you bring for clothes. I, I'm looking at it from, I'm going to be wearing something. So mm-hmm. that outfit is good for a couple days. And then basically maybe a change of shirt and then a, di- a whole different outfit for after we get off the river. Mm-hmm. So one extra pair of underwear and another pair of shorts, two shirts and swim trunks. That's all I really need. Yeah. I usually go up there with four pair of underwear and I come home with four pair of underwear that were not worn. <laughs> it's, I, I, I take that back. Well, there's my waffle. I do change my underwear after I get off the river. Well, uh, do you wear underwear on the river? Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I wear swim trunks. I just, I'm not a fan of the mesh marble bag. Oh, I, I just ripped that out. So I'm free balling. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. And last thing on, on the way home, I'm, I'm, trying to be conscientious conscientious of Doug's time. And I'm looking at the clock in my car as I'm driving home. It's like, oh, it's going to be really close. I'm cutting it real close. And 
I'm driving through a neighborhood that's next to mine and there's somebody that's riding a bike that's in the distance ahead of me in the middle of the road. It's like, okay, why is this person riding their bike in the middle of the road? But you know what? This person has a nice ass. (laughs) (laughs) And was it a guy? No, it was Jen, actually. Oh, okay. (laughs) But You should have gotten right behind and just honked your horn. (laughs) No, it started to rain. (laughs) Oh, so I probably should have like given her the car and rode Mm -hmm. the bike home, but I had had to get back to start the podcast. So yeah, yeah. Over to you. Over to me. So we had our baseball tournament this, uh, this week. We, we had won our, actually, we didn't play a game last, last week. Um, so we had a game Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and if we had won Wednesday, uh, we would have been in the championships. But three years in a row, lost in the semifinal. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, and you, you know right away when a team has got your number. Sure. And right, their first at bat, it was like, yeah, that's, you know, their pitchers were hot shit. Their batters were hitting everything. So, I mean, we lost seven to nothing. No, I take that back. Six to nothing. They marked it down as seven to nothing, but it was six to nothing. So we have a tradition that after every game, we go out into whatever left or right field, depending on what dugout is. And I have a little a talk with the boy. I tell him, you know, make a circle, take a knee. And we do that. And after that, I had told all the parents, I said, wait for my signal. And then I'd like all the parents to come out and surround the boys and, you know, give them, give them applause. And, uh, you know, cause I had a few words to say. In fact, friend of show Joey, uh, recorded that. I want to thank you for loaning your sons to us this summer. They've been an absolute joy for us to coach. And you've all been super supportive. And this has been an amazing season. I hope I can coach some of them next year. And in two years, I hope we're all back together again. So, boys, I'm going to leave you with some advice. Nothing related to baseball, but if you follow these words, you'll change the world. Never miss an opportunity to make somebody's day. Bring it in. Come on. That was actually you. That was actually me. <laughs> okay. But I happened to record the speech that I told them before I called the parents out. In 15 minutes, you guys will probably all be fucking fine with this, okay? So I'll just sum it up this way as fast as I can. That is the most humiliating game in the last fucking 10 years I've been involved with. How can we fucking get picked on the first base? How can you do that? The fuck is that about? What do you think you're fucking with here? Yeah. I'd buy that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, but it was, you know, it was another fun baseball season. I I did have a conversation with my son. I said, look, hey, man, you know, and... To his credit, in the last two games, he had two monster doubles. I mean, just smack the shit out of the ball. And that's pretty cool to see what your kid have a little bit of success like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, friend of show Joey's boy, John, he made the all-star team based on voting of the players and the coaches. You know, that kid, he, he was the best player on our team. Best pitcher, best hitter, <clears throat> a little bit work in the field. He gets a little excited when he throws the ball. And it isn't exactly accurate, but, you know, they're 10 years old. 
but it's awesome to see your kid have some success like that. So I had this conversation with him. I said, look, if, if I buy you this bat in January or February, what happens in March when you say, I don't want to play baseball? And he said, Dad, that's not going to happen. I'm going to play baseball next year. I'm like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. But apparently this $350 bat, you can get it when it's on sale for like 160 bucks. Still 160 so, bucks. It's yeah, yeah, you're right. It's still 160 bucks. I had another incident with the dog this week. I was at this customer's house that they have this sprawling estate with this monster house and then they have this huge horse barn with a bunch of horse pastures. And I think they probably rent out a lot of the stables, stalls to other people because I I spray the horse barn and I I come around the corner and I see this lady who is not my customer doing something out in the field and she's got this yellow lab and this yellow lab just comes charging at me, barking. And I go to, and she's yelling for this dog, yelling, yelling, yelling. And I say, is this dog okay? Is it good? And she's like, no, it'll be fine. But she comes running after the dog and she grabs it right as it gets to me. And I'm petting it. I'm like, good doggy, good doggy. And she's like, God damn it. She grabs it and she's smacking it. Uh. And and she's like, you need to listen to me. It's like, I, I wanted to say, your, your dog's not a five-year-old. Your your, your dog's a dog. It, it doesn't know that what you're saying. All it's hearing is wah, 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 bad dog, wah, 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 wah. And then she took it into the barn, and as I'm still spraying, I can hear her still yelling at this dog and, like, being very gruff, hitting its rear end. I felt really bad for the dog. Like, how 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 awful is your life that you've got to take out your aggression like that on a, on a helpless animal? I, you know, dogs do bad things, and sometimes you have to tell a dog, you know, it's a bad dog. Yeah. My, we, we call it the B word in this house because Joey gets really, really butthurt if, if you say that he's bad. Oh. And, uh, you know, you, you give, you assign these human emotions to dogs, which they probably don't have, at least not to mm-hmm. the degree that you, you assign them to him. But with Joey, you can just look at him sternly and he'll walk away. <laughs> yeah. So same with Benny. I can just look at him and I can go, oh, oh, and he'll just, he'll, I mean, his shoulders go down, his ears go down. He kind of, his back kind of bends, like tail goes between the legs. And I feel kind of bad because I think he's, he's like, I, I really disappointed my dad there. Sometimes he'll go hide under the bed. Yep. But yeah. And then, uh, twice in the last three years now, this would be the second time. I got audited by the Wisconsin Department of Trade and Consumer Protection. The first time, all they did was call me and say, we want a couple of your service tickets that you've given out in the last two years. So, you know, I doctored them up, crossed the T's, dotted the I's, checked off a few things that I normally don't check off on the service ticket and wrote a few extra little notes uh, and took screenshots of them and sent them to them. And, hey, great job. This time, the, the gal wanted to witness me doing a rodenticide pest control job. Okay. I tell her, I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't do a whole lot of mouse work this time of year. All I do is spray, but I've got this one customer that they just want me to put a couple of bait stations around the outside. She's like, okay. So she came all the way from Madison and, and met me at 1230. Oh no, 1130. And I told her, I said, just so you know, I'm very prompt. I'm going to be there at 1130 and I'm going to be done in 20 minutes and then I got to go. So if you're late, 
I can't stick around and wait for you. I have other customers that I have to get to. To her credit, I got there at 1125. She got there at 1128. So good on her. And yeah, she was taking pictures of me doing this and, and taking pictures of my service tickets. And, uh, you know, there's certain things that I normally don't do that you're supposed to do, like make a map of where the bait stations are. So, you know, that morning I created a map on the computer and then marked them off and showed her the map and she took pictures of that. So got, uh, a plus on that. And now, and she said, now you'll probably never hear from me ever again. Like, good. Cause this was kind of a pain in the butt of having to do all this extra stuff and now chit chat with you. It did give me an opportunity to pick her brain and say, how many people actually call you and complain about pest control applicators? And she said, it's, we got about a hundred calls this year. And most of them are from competitors of other companies ratting on them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's shitty, She's, but it makes sense. Yeah, and she said, so if you see a company doing something, you really need to call us. And I'm thinking to myself, no, no, because what comes around goes around, man. Yeah. Karma's a bitch. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got. All right, so I started talking about my my wife and my mom teaming up on yeah. me, and then I got uh-huh. kind of sidetracked with the whole, well, I only take two pairs of underwear up to the cabin. When we were talking about it, I was talking about I might shave my beard before. I, I go up there just because it'll be a little bit more comfortable. And Jen was won't all Jen, about that. Won't, won't, won't Jen be a little bit offended <laughs> if you try to shave her? Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 but then Jen said, well, you, you kind of look homeless now. And I'm used to that from her. No big deal. And my mom uh-huh. chimes in, yeah, you kind of do look homeless. <laughs> Yeah, well. especially if you pull the hair out the back of your hat like a ponytail. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> oh the, yeah, the ponytails coming. I got to remember to bring hair things. But the other thing I forgot is because it was raining so hard. Normally, when you show up at the rink, you park your car, you you know, you get your bag and your stick and all your other shit, and you just walk it in. But since it was raining so hard, I pull up to the front so I could just take my bag and my stick in, so that way I could run from the car to the rink. Hmm. And it was cold rain. I mean, like 50 degree, 40 degree. <laughs> it was cold rain and mm-hmm. just absolutely soaked. So after you're done with the game, you, you get back into your street clothes. And normally you get some funk on them, but at least you're dry. The, this shit was still wet. So I got home, jumped to do the podcast, threw on a different shirt. And I'm just like, fuck it. I just throw my, my shorts out. So I'm... I'm Doing the podcast pantsless, so. Oh, you're Donald Ducking it. Yep. So let's right. go ahead and move on. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. Three clips, all from the same scene, in, I believe, sequential order. Mm-hmm. You should get it from the first one. You might not. You definitely should get it from the second one, and you you will get it from the third one. This is a movie we have done, and this is also a movie that we have done Sounds of the Week from before. Mm. All right. All right. So I think the first one's actually kind of short. Die Hard. Wrapping the chains around, um, the fuck is his name? Carl. Carl. Yeah, because didn't we just celebrate 35 years of Die Hard? Sure. 
but yes, that that is actually the exact scene in from. But this is the one that would have been a big hint for that. And this is the reveal. I don't like this, Sarge. So, ready to move on to the movie itself? I am. And you dodged a bullet here because Jen was cooking earlier today, and as she was, when she cooks, she listens to music. And mm-hmm. I heard a song, and I'm like, God damn it. Do I have enough time to redo the bed and change what I did? And I did not. So, you avoided an Elton John song. Oh. But this is a song who... I'll be interested to see if you can actually pick out who the original artist is. And I only did one take on this, as you will be able to tell, because this is one that was just definitely not something I could do. <laughs> All right. But it is it is what it is. And I've been wanting to do this song for a while. Two more times. I work to train my fingers So I can hook the G And who is my wise old sensei A dime star Miyagi And why they change my old face Gone without a trace Starting to realize It's really all about race Remo Williams The adventure begins And I want to eat some bad junk food My man June is my dude Talks mad shit, it's just rude I'm gonna eat it till I get diabetes. Diabetes. So do you know who that's by originally? No, I don't. I don't. Dan Hill. And do you know what other song Dan Hill did? No. It's a long... Oh, no shit. Yep. So Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, was released on October 11th, 1985. It was written by Christopher Wood and directed by Guy Hamilton. Wood is best known for writing the novelization and screenplays for a few Bond films, The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. And Hamilton is best known for directing four Bond films, Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, and The Man with the Golden Gun. It stars Fred Ward, best known for Tremors, and not being the guy that died, whose name is escaping me. (laughs) Well, Fred Ward did recently die. Uh, But But uh, you're thinking of Treat Williams. Treat Williams, yes. Joel Gray best known for a cabaret and not being Asian. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, Wilford Brimley, best known for... Diabetes. Diabetes. J.A. Yeah. Preston, best known for A Few Good Men, where he played the judge. Uh-huh. It also stars George Coe, best known for Kramer vs. Kramer, 
Charles Siafi, best known for Time After Time, and Kate Mulgrew, best known for piloting a starship. Just like a woman. Captain Janeway. Got more lost than anybody ever. Yeah. Did you see this film in the theater? No. And I don't even know if I've seen this film all the way through. Because, to be honest with you, I, I thought the big climatic scene was at the Statue of Liberty. Well, that's what you would think based on the poster. <laughs> yes. But this movie was actually supposed to be a movie that kicked off a franchise, but seeing as it only made $14.4 million on a $40 million budget, it did not. Well, it was based on a book, a series of books called The Destroyer. Yes. Which I want to say there was like 140 books. There was a shit ton of them. And this was right around the time you would go to the grocery store and see all these pulp novels with these fantastic covers of these guys Fabio. with awesome weapons. And No, no, not though. Those were the romance, the getting women wet novels. Uh, but just one, the Executioner series. By, about a guy named Mac Bullen. There's another one called MIA Hunter. There's a bunch of them. And I bought a bunch of these and they all sucked. Okay. They, they all were, I were kind of just goofy and well, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you bought them because the covers looked fucking awesome. And whenever we went somewhere, if I wanted a book and I told my dad I wanted a book, it was a book. I'm going to, I could, he would buy me any book that I wanted. Because he knew I had an interest in reading. So I get a bunch of these. And, and like I said, most of them sucked. I never read the Destroyer series. I remember we were traveling. I think we went to Washington, D.C. And on the flight back, I wanted a book to read. And so I went in and I bought a book called Virgins. Mm. <laughs> it's actually, it's an excellent, excellent book. Yeah. All of those books, all of these books of these series of these mercenaries or these assassins, there's just a little bit of sex in each one. Or they talk about a woman's breasts or something. Just enough to titillate you. But the movie has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 41 with critics and 59 with audiences. Hmm. The movie itself starts as an MGM film, and there is a vaguely Asian font for the title, at least the Remo Williams part. Well, it goes from MGM with the Lion then to Orion. So it was produced by two big studios. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Well, $40 million back then, back in 1985, is not a small budget. No, no. And did you see who one of the uh, executive producers was? No. Dick Clark. And, well, and, 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 and like, is it the Dick Clark? I yes. didn't look it up. I'm it sure is. it is. It is the Dick Clark. Yeah, because he, right. he had a lot, his, his fingers in a lot of little pies. Because I think he actually, I want to, or maybe I'm mistaking him for Merv Griffin or Griffith, because one of them did a bunch of game shows. That would be, hmm. and actually, I maybe both Merv, of them did. Yeah, maybe both of them. But yeah. it, as I'm watching this film, I'm thinking, okay, this is the second film in a row we've done that has kind of a little bit of, Asian mysticism in it. Yes. Uh-huh. And before, it was the second film in a row we did that had Nick Cage in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like I didn't plan this very well. <laughs> no, no. And I said, I think last week I said, the only thing I remember is the Statue of Liberty fight. Oh, no. The finger thing. Right. And that I, I thought that he ran across water. And it's not water. Well, somebody runs across water at the end. Yes. 
But uh, as as the credits are rolling, uh, lots of buildings. I see that uh, Janeway is in this, and we can tell that it's New York City by the, the skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. And every time they they show the New York skyline before two thousand and one, the World Trade Center is obviously not necessarily featured prominently, but it's always there, mm-hmm. and it always just seems weird to me. Oh, it doesn't do anything. That doesn't that. I, maybe I've been desensitized because I've seen it a thousand times. But I, I was just waiting for that, for the the Twin Towers to show up. And sure mm-hmm. enough, they, they do show up. And there is a boat on the water. Uh, Bruce yes. Willis is driving it. Oh, but that would be Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. Oh, <laughs> and you know who else is in that film? <sighs> Helen Hunt. Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, exactly. But somebody is listening to a radio broadcast of... Come on. Who is it? Do your imitation. Yes! (laughs) Marv Albert. And actually, I had a thing. Do I enjoy biting women on the back while I wear a bra and panties? Yes! (laughs) Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's listening to the radio, to a small radio sitting on his seat. Why isn't he listening to the, the car radio? Ah, uh, that's a great question. <laughs> that's why I said he's listening to the the radio on a transistor. He, he's listening to the game on a transistor radio, and yeah. he's drinking a coffee. He has he's a, a slob. He has a sweet dick broom. Uh, it's it's Fred Ward with a dick broom. And I said he kind of looks like the Punisher here. Which one? The one from the TV series. Oh, all right. Uh, but the radio is calling, and he's ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And well, he's about to, he's about to answer, and then he sees some a guy running. Well, one guy runs goes, past. Yeah, and he goes back to his sandwich. And there's a jets. I don't know if you call it a troll doll because it's kind of more of a pig than a troll, but it's got the hair. Yeah, but it's like a cup holder that he puts his little styrofoam cup of coffee into. I don't know if I would really trust that. And then then dispatch calls in again and. Before he answers, he has this complaint about the way that the Knicks played against the Lakers. Oh, shit. Come on, I got 50 bucks bet on them assholes. I was already in More die hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he sees a bunch of, well, first it's one figure that runs by, and then it's a couple of figures that runs by. Yes. And two guys are chasing the third guy. Mm-hmm. And then... The guy who we have not seen except in profile, so we can see the sweet dick broom, he's slowly creeping up in his car as the guy being chased runs into an abandoned building. Yes. And he and the guy is then getting worked over by the other two, and he turns on the lights of his, his cruiser. Yeah. It's uh they they want something. These two guys are they're I said they're giving him the business, but yeah, they, they want yeah. something. And they the two try to run and he just goes, freeze. And I mean, you're bad guys. They would not just freeze. Well, well, that's because this whole thing is a setup. Of course. But they, yeah, but they he's, stop and he, he's throwing them against, I call them sheet metal walls. Is that right. corrugated sheet metal? Yeah, corrugated tin, something like that. Yeah. Uh, he's frisking them. And the guy who was watch, who was getting the business is watching and then whacks him with a board. Yeah. Well, ho- hold on one second. So, okay. The guy, actually, you're right. The guy who got beat up takes out the cop with a two by four, and it has a bunch of nails on it. It does. Did the nails go in him or not? No, they did not. Because I'm, I'm thinking if, if they did go into him, 
he wouldn't, that board would still be in him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And the, the, the cop gets up and he, he punches the guy with the board and then he's getting beaten on by both of the bad guys. And he does what anybody should do in a fight. He, uh, he gets in some crotch shots. Okay. And yeah. then there's a, one guy has a switchblade. That's the guy who is getting the business pulls the switchblade. Yes. And there's back and forth. Um, he steps on that guy's hand. Yeah. And he makes a noise like you. I, I forgot when, when he first had them up on the wall before he mm-hmm. gets hit by the two by four, he had a command that he gave to the guys. Do you know what command you, he gave him? No. Spread him. <laughs> so, okay. But All right. He stumbles okay. over. and Well, hold, hold on a second. After he stepped on the one guy's hand, he smacks the other guy in the face with the refrigerator door. But he stumbles over and he retrieves his service revolver, which has uh-huh. fallen down. And he says, don't move. Don't even breathe. And he's just stumbling back towards his police cruiser. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he takes another drink of his coffee. And then there's another car that's behind his cruiser. And I, I thought it looked like an ice cream truck. It, I th- it looked like an armored truck to me. Okay. But it's... It, Rear ends the cop car and it causes the cop to his head to go into the windshield, which yeah. cracks it. Yes. What is that glass and made we, of? Uh, well, I mean, he must have hit it pretty fucking hard, but we can see who's driving the armored car. It's a guy in a suit, an overcoat, and a hat, and a dick broom. Yes. And yeah. the, it pushes the, the guy in the either the ice cream truck or the armored truck pushes the cop car into i'm assuming that's the river the east river yes and that car he he didn't have the windows down because he he couldn't break out of the car like he was trying to but that car filled up awfully quickly with water didn't it yeah and he's trying to get out he's dis- disoriented but there mm-hmm. are divers down there yes with flashlights and then we fade to black yes and what and, is the next scene a funeral and it's his it's got to be his funeral and his name is Samuel Macon. There's, and the, the guy... Go ahead. There's a lot of cops there. A lot of cops. Including and Mahoney the guy, is there. Mahoney was there? Yeah. Okay. And then the, the one guy... Um, what's the other guy's name? He's playing taps with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the truck driver, the guy who was driving the ice cream truck slash armored vehicle, is watching from afar. He's yeah, just leaning against a tree towards the back of yes. the funeral. And he walks away during the 21-gun salute. But the, the next day, the, the cop wakes up on the set of a Kabuki film. I don't know if that would be the next day, considering what has happened to him. Okay. Because, yes, we see him in bed, Fred Ward, with shaving cream still on his face. That's why I said Kabuki and, instead of... Oh, and he sees a straight... He sees a, a woman holding a straight razor. Matt, have you ever been shaved <laughs> with a straight razor? It's in, in my notes, but I actually have a clip of someone shaving with a straight razor. Oh. What is that? (laughs) I know what it is. I mean, what are you doing? Shaving her. This is a brain operation. I know. Got a lot more use out of that movie than I expected to. (laughs) Yeah, but he kind of freaks out and the nurse goes, I was shaving you. But But he looks in the mirror and he goes, that's not me. What have you done? And I got to be honest with you. 
Looks the same as he did in the beginning of the film. Well, kind of like when Chris, really Chris show him. No, but kind of like when Christopher Lloyd shows up to Marty and to get back to the future too and says, I didn't want to freak you out, Marty. So I, and he, he rips off like the latex mask and he looks exactly the same. Yes. But the guy from before, the guy that was driving the ice cream truck slash armored car walks in and he has on his hat and said, we did some work on you. And I don't understand why, but what does the cop look at right now? Oh, his balls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, only on your face. Yes, you are ugly. <laughs> and, you know, he's been recruited from for an organization that doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. the guy whose name we don't know yet, he gives this cop his new name. And number one, what is his name and where does he get the name from? Well... He gives him the name Remo Williams, uh, which he finds at the bot on the underside of a bedpan. Right. And then the guy whose name is Mac, the, the guy with the fedora, he explains why they picked him. We needed someone and you were the best we could find. Decorated Copex Marine, no family, no commitments. Yeah, well, if I'm the best you can find, you're in pretty deep shit, pal. Who the hell are you anyway? FBI, CIA, Salvation Army? Who we are. Are the people who got you by the balls, Remo? Besides, we need you. Our cops are corrupt, our judges bought, our politicians up for sale. Everywhere you look, slime is on the loose. You're going to be the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not get away with it. I, I thought there was no such thing as an ex-Marine. No, you're correct. It's once a Marine, always a Marine. But Remo asks... Hey, you're the guy that set me up at the warehouse, ain't you? How the fuck would he know that? Yeah, I was just going to say, how did, how, did, how did he know that? Uh, he just smiles. His name is McCleary. I mm-hmm. just refer to him as Mac for most of the rest of the movie. Um, but he, he walks out and he says to enjoy the fruit because what's there? Oh, a big bowl of fruit. Boy, somebody's going to get a big fruit basket tomorrow. <laughs> Can you place that Friends episode? <laughs> Yeah, that's the, hey, we got any fruit? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, actually the one where Rachel finds out. It is season one finale. But ah. he's out of bed, and did you see what hospital he's at? Uh, no, I did not. Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. No, it's not. <laughs> Do you know what movie that's from? <laughs> uh, No. Naked Gun. Oh, all right. Well, that would make sense. But that night, uh, he's he walks out of the hospital in his street clothes. Ill-fitting suit, yes. Yes, and he steals Al's ambulance. (laughs) Some old guy has been wheeled out of the ambulance by Al Powell from Dakar. Uh Yeah, what's his name in um, Family Matters? Oh, I don't know, but yeah, Remo steals. It's it's Reginald Johnson. Reginald Val Johnson. Val Johnson, all right. But yeah, he, um, Remo steals the ambulance, says. There's there's some crappy music playing as he's driving. Uh-huh. But his his plan to steal the ambulance uh he, he did not account for one thing. Uh Mac was in the ambulance. Like he knew that he was going to be stealing that ambulance and comes out behind the little curtain into the crew cab and puts a gun to his head and Car- says, "Pull to the left." Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. There you go. But the ambulance pulls over and Remo gets out and says, "Uh don't get any cute ideas. And what are they outside of? What type of building? The National Bank. 
And the, the two of them walk in, and this is a thing that I recognized. I don't know if you would or not. There's a bunch of Cray supercomputers that are shown. Okay, I called them mainframes. Would that be incorrect to say that? Yes. Oh, okay. They're, they're different, but yeah. Uh, and All right. Remo says, I thought they made those things small. And those are the small ones, but they get in an elevator and go up to the fourth floor, and they're at the office of Harold Smith. Yes, he's the head of the organization. And yeah, Remo is not happy with the way that he is recruited. And someone says, well, it works. Yeah, I've seen how you work. You run black bag operations, you kidnap people, you beat the shit out of them and nobody holds you accountable. Oh, we're accountable, Mr. Williams. Let me guess, to the president. Yep. And five of them before him. I've lost track. I don't even vote anymore. Well, sorry to disappoint you. I'm voting with my feet. Yeah, un- unfortunately for Remo, Smith's office was des- designed by the same guy that did Matt Lauer's office. Oh, ha, locked him in. He's yeah, locked lo- in. Locked in from the inside. <laughs> uh-huh. You want to sit down? <laughs> and he does. And they're talking, and some of the things they're saying ring true. It's a good country, but the legal system is shit. Bad people do bad shit, and they aren't held accountable. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. I've heard this speech before. And I think it is Smith actually starts with this speech. Or no, somebody says, Remo says, I've heard this speech before. And then Smith says, I have another one for you. And I have the speech, but this is actually a real speech. I looked it up. Oh, really? Yeah. But this is a speech that was made by some guy. Guard, protect, and cherish your land, for there is no afterlife for a place that started out as heaven. Charles M. Russell, Montana, 1926. Yeah, 1926. <laughs> That's ancient history, Dad. Computer said you were a smartass. You never heard of a uh, computer era? Not this one. Take a look at that innocent little box, my boy. It's hooked to all those computers you saw downstairs. And every scrap of processed information in the United States comes through here. If it's out there, I can find it. Helps us keep track of the bad guys. Hell, I can find out the temperature of your ass in that chair if I really want to know. By the taste? Mm. No, but do you think he could have found our our German porn clip with that thing? (laughs) Yeah, perhaps. I went to chat GPT and so, so... Typed in uh, all kinds of information, and sorry, we cannot help you with that search. <laughs> but the the machine won't do everything. That's why they need him. He's going to remove the filth. Mm-hmm. And what if I say no? And then you're dead. You're dead. Yes. And how big is this organization? Just the three of us. <laughs> they can make it if they try. But Mac yes. will get him cleaned up, and then this must be a couple days later, Mac is driving him to his first job. Mm-hmm. And it's a hit. Yeah. Yes. Gives him a gun. Uh, and I believe you have a clip here. Yeah. But he says, uh, need to know the basics. Don't take chances. This guy's a killer. And I'm thinking, this must be a test, right? This is not a, a, a legit hit. That's what I was thinking as well. But yeah, he, he has like one last piece of advice before as Remo is getting out of the car. In out like a duck mating. And the music there is just foreboding. Mm-hmm. Like something bad so is, that a is thing? about to happen. Do do ducks just 
That's it. <laughs> well, they have. No, I mean, that that's that's pigs. I was gonna say they they've. I don't even know how birds. I'd be honest with you. I I don't even know how birds do it. I really don't. That's like one of those things that. In the air, you I, see I them. Fail. I, I, I think they, they just kind of like they get close enough and then they just shoot it at them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how birds mate. I mean, I know how horses do it and <laughs> mammals, but I mean, birds, I mean, you know, f- fish, you know, female fish lays the eggs, boy fish comes, jizzes all over them. Yeah, birds, but they're, hmm. you, you see, because it happens in the air. Does it? Are you sure? Pretty sure. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, you see know. birds and they're kind know. of they're... flopping off each other. Yeah, they're fucking. Oh, God. Okay. You don't believe me? We'll see. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure that's true. But, okay. Okay. But, back to the movie. Remo goes down into Laverne and Shirley's apartment. Shlomil, Shlomazel. (laughs) Yes. He he picks the lock, I think, and lets himself in. And there's Mm -hmm. a a small, finger quotes, Asian guy. (laughs) You're right. Sitting at the table with no chair. And just looking at him. Yeah, just looking at him. Yeah. Remo's looking around. The The guy that's already there does not seem bothered. And Remo bumps into some furniture and then he goes up to the stairs. But the, the door at the top of the stairs is locked. And given mm-hmm. that he picked the lock to get into here, why is the fact yeah. that the lock upstairs is locked a problem? And he and he asks the, the Asian guy, hey, how do you open this door? And, um, there's and a then lot the Asian guy says, yeah, sorry. The Asian guy says, well, I, I'm the only one here. A guy outside Remo wants said, me to knock off your boss. Well, yeah, I'm, no, I'm the only here. one here. Yeah, well, I don't want any trouble. Well, too late for that. And so the guy stands up and Remo points his gun at him. I'll, I'll kill you if I have to. Isn't that what he's supposed? What is his plan here? Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to kill this guy. And the, the Asian guy just starts walking towards him and Remo's firing at him. And he he yeah. slowly leans out of the path of the bullet. <laughs> no, like the the gunshot goes off, and he he dodges the bullet after the gun has been fired. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, th- those are slow bullets. Yes, dum dums. But it happens again and again, and he's slowly moving up on him, and shot after shot after shot, and it, he does something. And I said, does he use the paper to f- take a piece of? The force to use a, take a piece of paper off the wall because he does something with a piece of paper on the wall. I didn't see that. But then this is actually kind of a cool thing, the way that he does this. He he grabs the gun, pops out the magazine. But I'm thinking, wouldn't the barrel on that gun be hot? It would be. And that's a, that's a, a 1911, which is a 45, which holds eight rounds in the magazine. And he easily fired seven or eight rounds. No, I think he, so when, he takes out the remaining three or two bullets. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more than that. But yeah, ejects the magazine, grabs a gun, ejects the magazine, and pushes out the bullets. Um, and then he puts the magazine back in. Mm-hmm. And it's, now it's time for hand-to-hand combat. Yes. Yeah. Remo is punching at him, and he's just totally dodging uh, the punches, standing in front of some sort of cabinet, moves out of the way, Remo punches it in, into the glass. Yeah, he's, and, he's also cleaning, slowly cleaning at, during this fight, which I thought was kind of he? funny. And, All right. But then Remo says, I'll show you chop sake, you sawed off little runt. 
but the Asian guy is getting bored, and eventually he hits Remo and knocks him down. And well, out- with his two fingers. And outside, McCleary is just laughing. Mm-hmm. And now McCleary walks in, and he has a conversation with this guy that we find out his name is Chun. Well, Chun, what do you think? He's very slow. His reflexes are pitiful, poorly coordinated. He's in wretched physical condition, impetuous, and clumsy. He moves like a baboon with two club feet. However, there is a feeble glint of promise in his eyes. I think I can do something with him. To this point, we've had a couple vaguely racist things said, and they were all said by Remo. From, Mm -hmm. From here till the end of the film, Remo doesn't say anything else that's racist. Chun says a shitload of stuff that's racist. Okay. And Smith says something that's really racist. But All right. Back at headquarters, and that's what I call the, the place at the bank, um, mm-hmm. Smith is browsing Grinder on his computer, and, and there's a guy he's looking at that's a weapons guy. Yeah, it's a bio of a guy named George Grove, founder of Grove Industries, which specializes in weapons. And there were and a bunch are, of investigations, but no charges filed. Yeah, tax evasion, bribery, murder. Um, and Mac is telling Remo about the training. And he leads him to a Michael Douglas Munchout elevator. Yep, that's in there. <laughs> yes. And Remo goes, I have to live with him? Yeah. And so he takes the elevator up, and who's waiting for him? It, it's Chun, but... When when Remo and McCleary were coming in, he asked if McCleary can dodge bullets, and he says, not anymore. Mm-hmm. So apparently Remo is kind of moving into the spot that used to be taken by McCleary. Or there could have been somebody else that, that was killed, or who knows? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, but he's moving in with Chun, and Chun says, Remo smells like hamburgers. And he says, if this is another setup, I'll kill you. And then Remo points a finger gun at him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not the kind of weapons we use. We use our minds and our bodies. And that's what Chun will teach you. This is where they get in the, the munch-out elevator. And Chun is waiting on... He's kneeling on a mat. And Remo drops his bags and, and talks to Chun. And he basically wants to level set everything and say, Okay, let's start over. Okay, so you caught me with a couple lucky shots. But I got to hand it to you. That uh, bullet dodging number wasn't bad. And I like the little, uh, little thing you did with the gun. You move like a pregnant yak. Sit. I, I don't think that Remo is used to not being the man. You know, I don't mean like gender wise. I mean, like the man, the guy, the, the number one person. And okay, but he sits. And what does Chun ask him to do? Breathe. Just breathe. And I, I apologize. I was wrong. I was um, because uh, Remo says, are you fucking kidding me? Fortune cookie shit. <laughs> but then he starts hyperventilating. And Remo starts to question this. So what does Chun do to Remo? Um, hits him with the finger. Yep. And yeah. this, this kind of knocks him out. And Chun starts giving his resume. <laughs> yeah. 
tells him about uh, Korean Sinanju. And do you know how I know that was not real? Because you looked it up? No, because the spell check didn't catch it. The, the spell check said it was not a real word. Well, but apparently, apparently there were people that tried out for this movie and had said that they were experts in Sinanju. Okay. <laughs> it's like, hmm, no. Not really. Yeah. But he says that Remo knows less than nothing. And but he, he has sympathy for him. Chun has sympathy for Remo because he did not ask to be white. So it's not his fault. Okay. And you did not ask to be here either. That's not your fault. Let's make a deal. I will train you for your first service and then I will return to my country. And then Chun twists Remo's wrist and he gets his wind back. And okay. he, he's talking about pressure and nerve ends. Have you ever had acupuncture done? No, I have not had acupuncture done. And I, I don't claim to understand anything like that, but I've seen people get ac- acupuncture and I would be afraid to do it, but I would absolutely be willing to do it. Just, you know, have the little, what are they called? They're not needles, are they? I'm pretty sure they're needles. Yeah, pretty but sure. They, they don't hurt. Well, so you think. I mean, I, I'd have to imagine they hurt a little bit. They're penetrating your skin, man. Yeah, yeah. It's your lubed up. That's fine. But I guess. Yeah. Remo says, once again, I was wrong. Says something racist again. And then Chun takes him up with a finger again. And Chun is pissed that Remo doesn't know the difference between Chinese and Korean. It's almost as if he thought that, uh, what do you call them? Not gladiators. Um, samurai were from China. <laughs> no, right. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, he hits, yeah, after he hits him again, Remo kind of has that look on his face that's frozen. Like when we were kids and we were assholes and we made fun of people who had MS or were mentally retarded, that that was the face that we made. Okay. To mimic, to mimic that. That's what he looks like. But Chun fixes him again with his thumb. Yes. In the neck and sits him down and says, now we will breathe. Go to the next shot. He's on the roof on his back, and Chun is standing on his stomach. And Chun jumps on the ledge of the roof, mm-hmm. and then Remo follows suit, but he's nervous. And then what does well, Chun when, start doing? Once you do the running, he starts running? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be scared shitless. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, but Remo is scared to follow suit. You are afraid. Fear is nothing more than a feeling. You feel hot, you feel hungry, you feel angry, you feel afraid. Fear can never kill you. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. Something that I thought was interesting here is Remo looks like he's wearing orthopedic shoes. I didn't catch that. But he's slowly walking along the edge, and Chun is saying all this stuff, perch your your mind of fear without that belief, I can do nothing with you. And they're continuing to run along the outside of the edge. And you said, would you want to do this? I didn't like watching this. No, it always makes me nervous when I see people on heights in movies, even though I know it's fake. Well, you know, today, some of the stuff they do in this film they would be wire work. They would be wearing mm-hmm. a harness and wires that they would just digitally erase. 
a lot right. of that stuff they could not do back then, or they did not no. do back then. So some of this stuff was real. And we'll get into some of the stunts that were done that were real, and then also some of the stunts that were done that were actually done by Fred Ward. Mm-hmm. But Smith is back at headquarters, and he's looking at the financial for financials for Grove Industries and something about a prototype and $1.22 billion. But this is 86. Mm-hmm. So this was big, big in the, the Star Wars Reagan plan era. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Smith says is like the whole idea is, is big with the Star Wars crowd. Half of them were on his payroll. But now we see the Pentagon. And what's going on at the Pentagon? Um, There's a security breach because somebody is trying to flag oh. a file that Smith had like marked okay. top secret. And who is it? Yes. Well, it's Kate Mulgrew. And she can't get what she's looking for. And her coworker is saying, oh, I, you know, technology. I, I, I can get it to work for you. And he's flirting her. And he's he can't get in either. And he's saying... Do I sense frustration? And he asks about how she's stroking the keys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's totally hitting on her and, and asks her, does he ask her to go out for a drink or for dinner? Uh, I don't know what he Sub. says, but she says that she'll seek satisfaction elsewhere. Yeah, she has to go see the general. And then she goes to see the general. Major Fleming. General, I have a problem. The computer is classifying cost overruns within the HARP database. You know what I think about computers. Sir, it's not a malfunction. Well, maybe it hasn't been entered yet. They're entered and available. Otherwise, access would not be denied. General, I'm the senior WCA on this post. I should have access to that information. There's no reason for it to be withheld. Right. We do have a problem. Just let me have a full report. It'll be on your desk tonight. And, sir, I really would appreciate action by the time I return from Fort Baxter. Fort Baxter? The AR-60 test? Grove Infantry Assault Rifle? Of course. The AR-60. You have a job to do. But, Rainer, let me give you a word of advice. Never feel you have to overdo it. Do you know what I mean? It makes no difference to me that you're a woman. That's good news, sir. And if it's any reassurance, it makes no difference to me that you're a man. (laughs) Man, that was a (laughs) burn. Okay, I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. But he, he couldn't say that now. Well, of course not. But she couldn't have said that then. No. Because you, you could not. She That would be seen as insubordination. Mm-hmm. A major sassing a general. Nope, there's no oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but this general's kind of a cuck. Well, to other men. Yes. But back yeah. at Chun's, uh, it looks like Remo is making some progress. And he checks the fridge. He doesn't like what's in there. Yeah, where's the food? And then... This is your scene that you remembered. Yes. Chun comes with the Korean fingerboard, and it'll make your nails hard, your fingers strong, another trained weapon. And he talks of assassins. The Sinanju killed Genghis Khan, Alexander, Robin Hood. Wait, Robin Hood? He's a fictional guy. Louis Thirteenth, Napoleon. Yes. Napoleon, he died in his bed. Ah, that's what we wanted you to think. Yeah, all of them were perfect assassinations, and Remo says, you make it sound like a public service. Professional assassination, it's the highest form of public service. 
So I will persevere. I have taken the Emperor Smith's gold and the Korean's word is his bond. Place your hands behind your head. I did not say keep them there. Your reflexes are pitiful. The seasons move faster. What what did he do when he had him put his hands behind his head? Well, he punched him. In the balls. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not know, as I'm watching this film, I did not know that the guy who played Chun was not Asian. Oh, you did not? No. I, I, thought, I, he, I thought they just put it on makeup to make him look older, because you could tell huh. the makeup was not great. Yeah. It, it could, puts a completely different context around the film, because if you have a person of a certain group that talks a certain way, that's one thing. If you have somebody that is impersonating somebody from that group, that's something different. Because and, and puts and puts strong emphasis on the fact that he has trouble with his R's. Yeah, it's it, it's a little bit problematic. It's a little bit problematic. Uh-huh. But after he got kicked in the balls, I'm thinking this is the least fun game of Simon Says ever. <laughs> <laughs> but from now on, Remo will only eat one thing. What will he eat? Rice. Yes, because it's the bad food and the fast food that has made you this way. And I want you to practice your fingerboard and hang it on a wall. Well, how? And he pokes his finger through the center of it. Find a nail. That's that, that's the one thing I remember. But in his room, Remo is working with the fingerboard. And what is Chun watching on TV? A soap opera. And he says, it's your country's only contribution to the arts. Don't spoil it. Yeah. I have, And I have no idea if this was a real soap it's opera. Not. I have the name of it later. Okay. It's not. All right. But Remo comes out and he's like, hey, I'm hungry. It's 8 o'clock. And not really. <laughs> no, not really. It's one minute to eat. Watches our confidence tricks invented by the Swiss. I didn't quite, I don't quite understand that. Well, if you are in tune with the universe, you don't, need uh, okay, to, yeah, okay. to, you don't need something to tell you what time it is. But how, how does that you accommodate for daylight savings? I, I guess, you know, I don't know. But, but um, more, he goes more fortune what? cookie, blah, 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 blah. Perfection is yes. a road, not a destination. But Remo is getting better. We see that he's getting more nimble. Well, he's got a, a like an obstacle course set up around the kitchen while he's practicing this. Two things that are wrong with you. A... You don't have an Apple phone. B, <laughs> you did not care for the American version of The Office. Okay. But did you see the kind of shoes that uh, Remo is wearing? New Balance? Close. He's wearing some sweet Asics. Oh, Asics. I wear Asics. <laughs> there you go. And he, the, the obstacle course that he was doing was him, first he was running or walking along different like beams, but then he was on individual pipes and poles but a lot of the shit he was doing himself man right and it would be easy to do today because they would just put a wire harness on him and they'd brush it out but this Mm -hmm. was actually him doing this shit yeah not all of it not all of it but a lot of it and he's actually happy with himself and he looks to chun for approval and yeah and he's disappointed when chun doesn't smile at him but he he made his all the way upstairs across his 
But Chun is unimpressed because what does he want him to do now? Well, he says every man occasionally is blessed with luck. Now you want, now you have to come down and he turns off the lights. Yeah. Your mind tricks <laughs> you and then Remo yeah. falls. <laughs> Why? What happened? Well, rely on what you know, not what you see. But so, the next day. Yes. The next day, the army is out there training. And I don't know if, so this is 86. I don't know if they were using the new type of Kevlar helmets yet. They're still using like the Vietnam era helmets. Okay. Which I believe Clint Eastwood refers to as a piss pot in Heartbreak Ridge. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're training with some new weapons, the AR-60. And actually, this is a Steyr. It's an Austrian rifle with the bolt. It's a bullpup, meaning that the, the magazine sits behind the trigger. Okay. Yeah. And one guy is having some trouble. It's jammed and he pulls the trigger and the barrel blows up and he dies. And the one other guy is bitching at the commander. This weapon is useless, sir. Yeah. And the CO says, you're way out of line, soldier. It's like the guy just fucking died. (laughs) Right. And but the CO wants a weapons check right away. And Janeway's out there and she picks up a piece of the exploded gun and it yeah. has the Grove logo on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the car but, phone is ringing. And who right. answers it? A, a guy with some black leather gloves on. Oh, it is the politician from Rocky Four. Is that the Russian? The Yes. Every, everything he hits, he destroys. Yes, that's him. Okay, I thought, I, I'm like, this guy has played a Russian somewhere. I call him the Russian for the rest of this film, so. <laughs> okay. But he answers it, and he hands the phone to Grove, and it is the general. Mm -hmm. The general that had the back and forth with uh, Janeway earlier. Yes. Yeah. We have a problem. Sure you can handle it? Sure you can handle it. Well, there's been a soldier killed. There's going to be an inquiry. And Grove tells him, you're going to have to lose that report. Yeah. Yeah, um, Can't do that. And says, Uncle Sam gave you your uniform. Everything else you got from me. Bury the report. Mm -hmm. And then they hang up and... I think it's Grove says too many idiots like him on the payroll, but we go back to training. And once again, it's about breathing. Yeah, but it's, uh, he's hanging on to a wonder wheel. It's the second time we've seen the wonder wheel. This is a fair. Where was the first time? The warriors. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is Coney Island. Yes. All right. Uh, what would you call that? A gondola car? I guess, but Ferris I, wheeled. I did not Ferris know what this car. thing did because you, most Ferris wheels, you have the, the cars on like the outside of these arms, but the wonder wheel apparently has shit that moves like left to right on the arm. I've never seen yeah, that before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit sketchy, I think, but Remo's hanging underneath and Chun is waiting for him to center himself and climb in and, and Remo says, Jesus, <laughs> and Chun says, there's no time for prayer. Yeah. But this whole thing, even not climbing on the outside of it, the whole thing does not look safe at all, just riding in it. Right. But he's on top of the whole thing now, and uh, you're not here to sightsee. And then another car, like, slides across and almost knocks him off. Mm -hmm. And and then again, and then outside the structure, and Remo's happy with himself, and Chun is unimpressed as Remo lets him out of the, the... the gondola or whatever you want to call it. But as they're walking out, uh, a huckster, a game runner, who you should recognize. Uh, that's um, 
uh, the uncle from Christmas Vacation. He was also in Sea of Love. Yeah, he was Al Pacino's dad. Yes. Okay. It's uh, one of those games that y- you see at Derby Days where they have, except they do it with two liter bottles, I think. Yeah, this was done with Coke bottles, glass Coke bottles. But you got to get the ring on the top of the bottle. Mm-hmm. And I th- I thought for sure that he was going to make Remo walk across these bottles one by one. That's I, in my mind. That's what I thought happened. But, but it did, doesn't. Did do you see what the prize was? A giant pink panther. Right. All right. This is the thing I don't understand is the game runner thinks he has some suckers with Chun in Reno and Chun lands all three or four or five. Or five. All five. Yeah. Wouldn't they have five pink panthers now? Well, maybe you get, that's the main prize. Maybe for each one, if you get one, you get a little stuffed animal. But, and the more you get, it's, you yeah. know. Or couldn't you trade up on some of those games? Yeah, some but, of the places? but that one is, it's so rare that you win that one. That one was always a big one, I think. There there yeah. wasn't like, you get five rings, there's no chance you're going to land more than one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, as they're walking away, each holding an arm of the Pink Panther, Chun says, just remember, he's mine. Right. And they're, they're carrying it together, and... Have you ever won? I'm, I'm sure you've won because we've talked about it, like the Coke mirrors or other things at, at Derby Days or, or yeah, another the, type thing. Have you ever won like the, a big, big prize? No. No. Because then you got to walk around with it the, the rest of the day. At, at Great America, they have uh, the, the, the coin toss on the plate. Okay. Where you try to land a quarter on a plate. Mm-hmm. And I did that and I won. And I won a Dino that was probably four feet tall. All right. And it's like, fuck, what am I going to do with this Dino now for the rest of the day? But we took it out to the car and put it in the car. And then, you know, a couple years later, I get a call from this girl. So, hey, um, I'm just kind of going through my shit. I I have that giant Dino doll you won for me. (laughs) Do you want it? I'm like, no, why? It's like, well, otherwise I'm just going to throw it. I'm like, okay, if you're going to throw it, I want it. Yeah, I'll come get it. And then I hang up and I thought about it for 30 seconds. And I said, what the fuck am I going to do with the giant Dino? So I call her up and they yeah, burn the fucker. I do not yeah. care. I don't want the Dino. No, but okay. Back at the flat, Chun is watching another soap opera. Remo comes in with some grocery bags. He he hides some beefarino, some cans of beefarino up on the top of the cabinets. Rusty. <laughs> Yeah, he puts it above the, and then Chun is holding himself up as he's watching TV with just well, two fingers. He he's sitting in an L shape, where his his legs are parallel to the ground and his body is perpendicular, but he's holding himself up. Yeah, his entire body with two fingers on each hand. But the soap is called Beyond the Night. All right, and it is brought to you by Continental Airlines. Hmm. And I think you have a soap opera clip here. I do. Jim is leaving the hospital. Great. He's going to his mother's funeral. Oh, that's tough. But I think the nurse likes him. That's good. However, there seems to be some complication with the stepmother. It would be better for you to eat this can than what is inside of it. Why must everything in this country be covered with 
Monosodium glutamate. You can't even say it. I can say rat droppings. It does not mean I want to eat them. Tomorrow, if you work well, you may have a teaspoonful of honey in your rice, but they make no promises. You heard the sound of my flexor tendons as I squeezed the trigger. And I saw the flood of your metacarpals. Not bad, huh? That's two bullets. Child's play. When you can avoid six bullets, then you would have accomplished something. No rice. No rice. You forgot the rice. Maybe we could grow some. Maybe you will spare me your feeble attempts at humor. And save them for the shopkeeper at the corner. He has excellent Chongju rice. You used the other four yesterday. I reloaded. Yeah. This is, and I'm trying to figure out a way to put it in here, but there is a, a constant kind of back and forth about what. Remo wants to eat versus what Chun will allow him to eat. And you heard mm-hmm. him say that if, if you're good tomorrow, you can get a, a teaspoon of honey with your rice. Mm-hmm. And rice is fine, but it's kind of bland by itself. And it, I, I would hate to have to live on rice alone. I don't know if that's even healthy. I think rice is binding, isn't it? I I don't think so. I mean, many Asian countries, their staple is rice. So, I don't know. But back to plain white rice is easily digested and binding. Oh, binding. So, it constipates you? Yeah, it helps firm up loose stools. Oh, all right. But Smith is watching a House subcommittee meeting. Yes. And Grove is being asked questions by Fleming. Uh, Smith likes her and tells the the guys that she's coming to New York. And then I think you have a clip here. Well, yeah, because Smith is, or Smith, sorry, um, Grove is not happy with her. And the the whole way the whole subcommittee thing went, it kind of reminded me of, if you remember when they were debating the ACA, the Affordable Care Act. Okay. Where they said, we have to hurry up and pass this so we can read it. And it's oh, typical yeah. government. And, uh-huh. But at this point, I'm trying, what is HARP? And I think it was actually uh, described as like an anti-missile or anti-plane system or something. It comes up in one of my clips later on. But yeah, as you said, Janeway is flying out to New York and Smith wants Mac to slow her down because she's getting Grove all twitchy. And this is what Grove says to the Russian about Janeway. Want that bitch put on a very short leash. Should be right up your alley, eh, Stone? But then we go to the beach, and what, what's happening on the beach? He's running, Remo's running with Rocky and Apollo. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> so from my notes, on the beach, Remo is running, and unlike before, he's actually faster than Apollo this time, and they start fro- frolicking in the ocean together. <laughs> But Chun but he, is, the, the, go ahead. Chun is watching. There's a giant sand pile, and Remo dives into it, and it makes like a... Whew, it comes out like sound a top of, of the groundhog. Yeah, well, he goes in, and then, yeah, pops out the top. 
And then Shun is kind of not really talking to him, but just kind of talking and going, pick up your feet, float. And he's kind of floating. Yeah, he's running without touching the ground, which I would think that would be difficult because you don't have any resistance. That's, so, so nothing that's would flying. be flying. Yeah, that's that's flying. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it was, but Chun is wearing some sweet clothes here. He's got like right. furs on or something. But the Mac comes up behind Chun and he congratulates him because yeah. And now Remo is fucking with the birds. I don't even know what that means. And Chun says something vaguely racist, and Mac wants to know when Remo will be ready. When will he be ready? Well, ahead of time. Which means? 15 years. If I cut a few corners, 14 and a half. Yeah. Well, I need him now. And back at the flat, Chun is watching his stories, and Remo Mm -hmm. is cooking, and then Chun starts singing. Yeah. And then I think Remo says, does it hurt? And and Chun tells him that it's an old Korean love song. And then Remo gets a little racist and says, well, your race must be extinct. <laughs> but Remo wants to know how old Chun is. Mm-hmm. Old for an apricot, young for a mountain, just right for a man. Yeah. And then he, what is the next question that he asks him? You ever been married? If I get married. Yeah. So, no, he, he's yeah. the master of his domain. And yeah. Remo virgin shames him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Remo is horny. He needs to get laid. He says he's been there for a month. And, well, this. But yeah, what I'm saying is I've been cooped up in this rat hole for a whole month working my... Sex. Yeah, sex. Now you're cooking. I mean, maybe it's the breathing and the rice. Lesson 36. 36? The 20 steps designed to bring a woman to sexual ecstasy. Though I personally have rarely found it necessary to go beyond seven to achieve bliss. Well, go on, I'm listening. With the left hand, you locate the woman's pulse. Then with the middle finger and tapping in time with the pulse. Then what? Then you may put the rice in a bowl and we may eat. Yeah, it doesn't work. No. No, it doesn't. You tried it? Yeah, I tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, it works later on in the movie. Well, that's the whole thing. Is like, is that what he's trying to do? <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's what it seemed like to me. But um, Chun is shaming Remo about his performance and training this morning. And Remo says sometimes he, he likes him and sometimes he wants to kill him. And Chun's response to that is, good, we'll, we'll practice that after dinner. Yeah. But now yeah. Uh, Janeway is on the street in New York City. Mm-hmm. And there's some guy following her. He's, I think he's the guy that Grove said, or the Russians. The, now you got me all flummoxed. It, it's the other guy. It's Gro- not It's not Gro- the Russian. It's not Grove. It's the other guy who, who pops up quite a few times. He's like the third henchman. Right. And... Uh, does he tell her that the colonel's waiting for you? No, no, he's, he's tailing her. And yes, this is, this has happened in so many films we've done. And it's, it's also in true in a bunch of films we haven't done in TV shows, whatever. It is so obvious that they're being tailed because the car is literally right there. (laughs) Right. But yeah, she goes into the office of the inspector general and she's there to see general Gaber. 
is it Colonel? I think it's Colonel Gaber. Okay, well, phrasing, yeah. but yes, yeah, yeah. The, but it, but it's because uh, I said the general has the documents she requested, but maybe it is. It's Colonel. it's McReady. McReady is 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 Colonel Graber. I did not see. I did not notice that at first. You didn't? <laughs> no, but I I figured it out. I'm, how the fuck did I not notice? It? Well, it's been a hot minute since McReady's been in there, or maybe not. Okay, but uh, it, it's uh it's a lot of documents that he gives her, and then. Remo is there, and he jumps into an elevator with her. Uh-huh. Hi. Hi. Trying to make small nice. talk about her yeah, uniform. Nice, nice uniform. Great buttons. And she laughs. I, I <laughs> met Jen in an elevator. Did you? Yep. Michael Douglas Munchelt elevator? No. It, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. It was just uh, the two of us in the elevator. It's like, hey, great weather we're having. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But it actually, in my notes, says, not a Mike Douglas Munchout elevator. And she laughs at his banter, and then he smiles as she leaves. And the bad guy is outside waiting, and he's taking pictures with a the worst hidden camera ever. Oh, like the little lapel pin camera? It's about probably the size of a half dollar. Yeah, well, it wasn't that big. It's pretty but big. It's, but it, it's making the <laughs> sound as he's snapping pictures. But she's trying to hail a taxi, and Remo comes out as she she drops some stuff, and then he tries to hail a taxi for, and she says no thanks, but no thanks. And then Remo continues to just stand in the middle street, which is, to be fair, kind of an asshole move. Yeah, but the guy that is following her is blocked, and he starts to honk. Hey, you got a problem, buddy? Get out of the way. Am I keeping you from something? I mean, if you're in a hurry, pal, all you got to do is say so. People here in New York have manners. They don't lean on their horns. Jesus. Who's your dentist, Tiffany's? Excuse me, what are you doing to that boy? Oh, uh, unnecessary use of the horn, officer. Well, I'll be unnecessary use of my nightstick on your thick skull if you don't let him go. Now, whatever happened to police courtesy and that kind of stuff, huh? We saved that bullshit for the Upper East Side. Now, I'm going to kick your skinny white ass all up and down this street if you don't stop kung fu in that man's throat. Now, move it! Uh, yes, sir, ma'am. Anything you say. I mean, you're, you're just doing your duty. I'm just a simple law-abiding citizen, officer. I said move it. All right, a couple things from that clip. Uh, yeah. First was, of all, was Princess Leia behind him with the chain? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm and I actually, when I made that noise, I actually did the the tongue thing that Jabba does. <laughs> Slacious crumb sitting next to you. <laughs> yes. But first of all, bullshit on the New York manners thing. Uh huh. If you've ever been in New York. Second of all, the guy has a diamond in his teeth. Very right. obvious. I knew this was going to be. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. Is he the original white rapper? And then right. the third, the, the bad guy took, was taking pictures, and he took some pictures of Remo as well, which is another. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. But the pictures have made their way to somebody. Who have they made their way to? Uh, Grove. Grove and the Russian from Rocky Four. Yep. Okay. Don't know who these guys are. <laughs> give them uh, Give them a body. No, he's, oh. he says um, he, they had a tail on Janeway, but they can find no records of these faceless or this faceless fingerprintless guy, which is Remo. And mm-hmm. Grove says he needs to know who they are first, shakes some trees, 
And the Russian says, I have. Shake harder, like in Tennessee, give them a body, start with him. And then okay, he's talking about Remo. Yeah. But we go back to training. Mm-hmm. Going up the stairs of, of the Statue of Liberty. And when did you which, realize they were in the Statue of Liberty? Uh, was it when they were in the torch? Well, it, it starts just in a kind of a stairwell, but it's a weird-looking yeah. stairwell. And immediately I said that, yeah, I think this is the Statue of Liberty scene. And I probably would not have been able to do that if not for the movie poster. Sure. But uh, he Chun is saying that he's using only a fraction of the power in his body and his brain. And some of this stuff is a set, but some of this was done at and on the actual Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty seamless between what's on the set and what's actually at the Statue of Liberty. It's It's very hard if at all possible to tell which is which. Sure. Yeah. But the guy who with the uh, the diamond in his tooth is paying off three construction workers. Now, he only counts to 30, but I think he's given him $10 bills. That was my question. That It does not seem like a lot of money f- to for construction guys to do a hit because these are, these are definitely union guys. Right. And th- they probably may have mob connections. So... 30 times 10? That's not a lot of money to, no, to whack bucks, a guy. <laughs> 100 bucks for each of them? No. No, but uh, Remo's on top of the Statue of Liberty. Now, the Twin Towers are definitely prominent in the background. Have you ever been uh, to the Statue of Liberty? No. I've never been to it at you know the actual place, but I've been on the Jersey side of the river, and mm-hmm. you can see... It it's it's right there. It's, the Statue of Liberty is a lot smaller than you'd expect it to be, honestly. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, I've seen pictures of it, Matt. I thank you. <laughs> yeah, I realize that, but up, <laughs> somewhat up close, it's smaller than you think it would be. Okay, but the right. construction guys are coming up in the elevator, and they walk right past Chun. Right, and, and he Chun gets goes the elevator down. going down. Yeah, yeah, and the three guys they go out on the scaffolding. And they are totally messing with Remo. One of them says, you're not allowed up here, man. Well, and at first, goes, Remo thought it was Chun because he kind of oh. kicks the thing or stomps on the thing he's standing on. And when he turns around, it's like, yeah, you have no right to be up here. Authorized personnel only. Mm-hmm. And he falls off a little thing and grabs the scaffolding. And the guy grabs his fingers. And this is where I talked about. These are construction guys. I, I thought they were there was 30 bills. I thought it was $1,000 each, like they were $100 bills. But if they were $10 bills, yeah, that's really fucking cheap. But even Mm $1,000 is not a lot for a hit. I don't know. Maybe it was hundreds. You couldn't tell. All he did was count to 30, though. But uh, yeah, there's some more parkour. And then one of the construction guys says to Remo, end of the line. But he grabs a pole, and the pole kind of swings out. Right. And then he slides down the pole. They're still chasing, swings out on a rope. Um, he's hanging out on the torch hand, kind of like hiding there, sort of, but then slides down the arm. But what what are the things that they they seem like wrenches on ropes that these guys are no. throwing at him? So they're wearing a harness. Those are safety harnesses. And then that's the strap that you would then hook onto wherever it is that you're working. So if you fall, it it's you're it's arrested. Oh, okay. Because I'm 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 just used to straps being used for positive things. Mm-hmm. Sure. But he gets hit and he slides down the arm and then off the side. It looks like he fell 
off, but yeah. it was actually a bag. A sack of cement or something. Yeah. And everybody thinks that it was him. Oh, he's dead. But and he's yeah. still he's still still climbing on the body, jumps to a rope, slides down the rope. The three guys that are now in the elevator, and he gets on top of the elevator. And he rips the power cable out of the top of the elevator. Mm-hmm. And and this is probably a very tropey thing. Anytime you have anything where electricity is pulled out, there's like lots of sparks. There's none right. at all. No. But he opens up, I call it the McLean door. The hatch. Yeah, okay. At the top. And he looks into the elevator and he takes out two of the guys. And then well, he, he takes the hard, he takes the hard half, hard hat off of a guy and then smacks him in the face with it. And he's climbing down the outside of the elevator and they're trying to stab at him <laughs> through the grate. Yeah. They have like this giant box wrench that has a sharpened end at one end. I don't think and that's yeah. OSHA approved. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, but they're, yeah, they're trying, try, beat, trying to beat his hands. Um, he comes in, beats up a guy, throws out a guy who is attached to his safety harness. And I thought he wrapped it around his neck before he threw him out. No, that was, he was attached to like a three or five point harness on his body. But. Yeah, as, the, as he's leaving the elevator, the last guy standing grabs him and Remo crushes his neck between the elevator doors. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the guy that he threw out is swinging. He's hanging by his foot, it looks like. But Remo is continuing down the scaffolding and now has gotten all the way to the bottom. And there are three bad guys. The guy from the car, the guy with the, the tooth, the diamond mm-hmm. tooth, sends the other two to get him. And this is where Remo runs across freshly poured cement or concrete yeah he floats across it and one of the other guys the thugs tries that and sinks like below his head oh i mean it, the sediment, how deep is that cement yeah that, that was a question i had because I, i've seen cement poured i've seen foundations poured at most maybe they're a foot <laughs> right they're, they're not six and a half seven yeah. feet deep that's this a is lot not of fucking quick, concrete. This is not quicksand. I don't even know if it would cure if, if concrete was that thick. It would, it would take know. a hot minute for it to cure if it did. But the yes. other guy has uh, Remo in his sights and is about to kill him. But Remo gets saved. By Chun. And, and Chun takes him out and then Chun just walks away. Disappears. Doesn't let Remo know that he saved him. But now we're back at headquarters and mm-hmm. Wilson knows or sorry, Smith, not Wilson. Smith knows everything about Grove, but cannot. Do you know find... how? Do you know how old Wilford Brimley is in this movie? He's like forty-seven, fifty-one. Okay, he's your he's age. He's my age. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> but he can't find out anything about Harp, and he doesn't understand it. And then Remo comes in, and he is pissed. Good. I'm glad you're both here because we're going to straighten something out. I just spent the morning being chased around the Statue of Liberty by a bunch of goons. What were you doing on the Statue of Liberty, Mr. Williams? Chasing pigeons. That's not the point. Those guys are trying to kill me. Who? A friend of the Tiffany Tooth. That's who. Hey, will somebody tell me what the hell's going on? If he's under Remo, he's under us. Who's he? So why don't we take him out before he gets any closer? Nope. I can't do that, Mac. I need more to go on. Those guys tried to kill me. You want more? Mr. Williams, Cure is not at all interested in your personal problem. Well, cure sucks, whatever Cure is. 
Mr. Williams, what we can't do here is embarrass the president. Now, a man named Grove has discovered your existence. But before cure becomes visible, we must all disappear without a trace. <laughs> and how do you plan to do that? Simple. Harold W. Smith, assistant research manager, found dead in his office. Massive coronary. I keep this pill in my pocket. Across town, another man is found in the stockroom of a men's haberdashery. His head blown off. Well, where does that leave me? Leaves you with your slant-eyed little buddy, Chun. He's got your number. Vaguely racist. Mm-hmm. But they mentioned cure multiple times in that clip. And I went back. Did I miss something that they yeah. ha- had a name for this organization that they mentioned that I never caught before? Yeah, it's it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. or... Uh, unit. You wouldn't know Unit, though. Unit is from Dr. Hill. Dr. Oh, Who. Oh, okay. Nerd! Yeah, or the shield, the, the, shield isn't nerdy. <laughs> the impossible, impossible Mission. IMF. IMF, yes. Mm-hmm. Imp. Imp. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they say it should be fast and painless, but we're not there yet. Better come up with something quick. And then Mac and Remo are going to check out a plant, and they have a flight to catch. But they go... Uh, Remo goes back to the flat and Tune is on a tiger skin rug. I'm thinking, is, uh-huh. is, is he waiting for Remo? <laughs> right. Is he, is he, uh, yeah. Is but, there some, is there some da, 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 in the background? I was thinking it's more like da, 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 da. the yeah. blue, blue Easter bar. Is that right? The, from Police Academy? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, anyway, but Remo goes up to the second floor without saying anything, and he's packing for his trip, and Chun is doing some writing on a scroll, and as Remo is walking down, Chun wants to know if there's something Remo wants to ask. And Chun, what does Chun refer to Smith as? I don't know. He refers to him as the emperor. Oh. And he says, if he orders me to kill you, I will. It is in the contract. I know there is good in you. The emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your emperor now. You don't know the power of the dark side. But... Chun is kind of sad about this, but Remo's pissed, and understandably so. Mm-hmm. But Remo walks out, and Chun's going to have a sad jerk. <laughs> well, what's he's drawing something. He's doing, like, Asian symbols or something on paper with a brush and paint. I'm like, that, you got to be careful, man. You don't want to get any of that on your tiger skin, Meg. <laughs> it's true, but honestly, the, the tiger skin thing, it reminded me of your old place. All right. Because there were all, and I don't know if there were any rugs, but there was all the stuffed animals. Wasn't there a rug down in the pit? No, there was not a rug down in the pit. My, 
So he, my dad, he had a, he had a mountain lion above the door, right? And okay. and then there was a, a moose antlers, and in a sex swing, <laughs> a sex swing. It was not really a sex swing, but it could have been used as a sex swing. Yeah, because lo- lots of people have swings in their living room. <laughs> I remember sitting <laughs> in that thing, just going, "Did I just get HPV?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, great! Now I've got hepatitis. <laughs> But uh, Remo and Mac, they get to some kind of secured plant. Right. And the, the the fence has a sign on it, high voltage. And Mac and Remo approach it. And Mac is just hitting it with some cutters, like, and it's arcing. It's like, well, wouldn't the security guards see that? Probably. Well, the security guards yeah. are asleep later. So, and Remo goes, "Hey, how are you able to do that?" And we see that he's got a fake arm. Right. And one thing in the background, just to establish where they're at, is there is a warehouse that's kind of in the background that has um, Grove in huge letters written on it. Yes. But after they cut a hole in the fence, they're running around inside. They split up, and they're going to meet up back at the fence. But Remo is running around completely in the open mm-hmm. he, he's running like through this warehouse and he's not sticking to the walls or the side he is in no. the middle he's not even trying to hide and uh, there's a pile of toxic stuff and then there's a doggy <laughs> yes a doberman goes after him and then two more and he climbs and there's a close-up of all three of them snarling mm-hmm. and then they look at each other and they have a plan. Well, he says, try to get up here, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, more snarling. And yeah, the two of them jump up and bite onto the fire escape ladder and pull it down right. with their body weight. Yeah. And the other one is climbing some stairs. Yeah, and Remo's continu- continuing to climb, as do the dogs, and he closes a gate and he locks out a few. And then another one is on him and he climbs up again and he looks down and the dogs are gone. Yeah. And he continues to climb, but where are the dogs? Right there. Well, they're above him. They, they're above him. Yeah, they yes. beat him to the top. I thought this part was cute. It and, was. And he's kind of uh, on this ledge outside this window. And what mm. are kind of like along his feet? Rats. Oh, rats. But he falls through the window. Well, because one goes up his leg, pant leg. And he, he's finally able to kick it out. And yeah, he, he climbs into an air vent and he's up on the roof and he goes through a stopped va- fan into another duct and then to a great through a grate. And he's on what appears to be a fire escape or a catwalk of some sort. I'm not sure. And he sees something that it looks like V'ger. the the well, that or like the the Death Star control panel that well, I, I said a control room of some kind yeah yes and he slides down a cable and he sees the dogs are outside the window watching him <laughs> right and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere a laser shoots and blows this thing up out of a security camera yeah yeah big explosion this wakes the security guards up and then remo is back on the roof and i didn't know where mac was i think he's looking at computer tapes i think so they never really kind of explain what he's doing but uh here comes the dog and 
there's a cable and he tight ropes across that table and he goes to the dog, try that you mother. Well, <laughs> well, what does the, what does the dog do? It's just in a second, but Remo runs past another part of the roof that I'm pretty sure is the exact part of the roof he ran by before with just the film flipped. But then we see sure as shit, the dog is going across the tightrope, and this is a bad effect shot. <laughs> but oh, it was a mat, it was a total matte painting. But it, it, it was cute. It was cute. Mm-hmm. And then Remo and Mac get back together. And what happened? I blew it. And Mac says he got what they need, but the cops are coming. There's more explosions, more cops. And Mac tells Remo to grab a dozer. And that is clearly not a dozer. It's a front end loader. But the dog is coming again. <laughs> yeah. Jumps up and it grabs fake Mac's fake arm. Well, he offers it to him. He kind of like, kick your doggy here. And he uh, he reaches into his jacket and undoes the little buckles and, and snaps that holds his fake arm there. And the dog just goes crazy on this arm. Yeah, it's playing with it. And mm-hmm. Mac jumps into the not dozer. And both he and Remo jump off a second later. And the dozer goes into the electri- electrified fence, which, which causes explosions. Right. Makes the dog look up. Hmm? But Remo goes out first, and he's waving Mac. Come on! And Mac gets shot in the back. Yes. But he gives Remo some sort of data disc. Thing is huge. Right. Yes. And, says, Get and it he dies. Smith. He dies. Or does he? But the Russian guy is now with Mac, who is still alive. Right. And, in and, a hospital bed in a darkened room. And when the Russian sees who Mac is, he gets scared and he leaves the room. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking he must recognize him from like a past job or a past life. But know. Mac grabs something from the medical tool tray that's next to him. And what does he do? Well, actually, it's a second before he does it. The Russian goes to meet with Grove and he says, the guy will not be with us for much longer. Mm-hmm. Has he talked yeah. yet? No. Get stoned. But now we go back to Mac. And what does Mac do? He cuts the cables that are oxygen attached to his nose because he's got a couple of cables going up his nose yeah i don't know and he flatlines i suspect that if this were a what would have been a successful series he would have been brought back he would have been brought back because we never really see him die do we no and then we're back at headquarters and remo and smith are looking at what mac gave them and it's all about harp harp the so-called cornerstone of defense for this nation for the next decade. What about it? What about it? There is none. Doesn't exist. <laughs> but I saw the damn thing. It blew up in my face. I know. But what you saw was a fake. It was window dressing. It was a pipe dream. It doesn't exist. And before you got close enough to figure it out, poof. Self-destruct. Blew our only hard piece of evidence right out of court. Hell, I'll bet this guy's filing for his fire insurance claims right now. <laughs> I got to take my hat off to this Mr. Grove, Remo. He's going to get his appropriations, you know, for Harp 2 and Harp 3, and in six months' time, Remo, hell, nobody will even ask him what happened to Harp 1. And you think it's funny? Matt gives his life to get you that stuff? So you can nail the bastard, and you're telling me he's going to get away with it, huh? That we can't stop him? You can stop him, son. Well, just tell me where he is. Mount Promise. But it's got to look like one of Chun's 
perfect accidents. It'll be my pleasure. So the next day, where are they? Mount Promise. And Mount Promise also is not a real place because I typed in Mount Promise and you know what came up? Porn. Remo Williams. Okay. But Blue Fun bleh, Blue Thunder will be flying through here later. Okay. Dem- demonstration. But Grove <laughs> the, is there. The proving ground. Yeah. Yes. With the general and Janeway is there as well. And Grove apologizes to Janeway and is very complimentary. And the important thing is that they're all on the same side. Yes. But then he flips a bitch and shows her the pictures and says, who are you working for? Yeah. She doesn't like being spied on. You can't prove shit. (laughs) Yeah. She goes, I don't like being spied on. I don't like accusations. And I have no idea who these men are. And she just gets up and leaves. And I'm thinking to myself, the general is in charge here. He has every right to call her back and reprimand her. Like like I said, he's a total cuck. Yeah, but Grove is the one who's doing this, not the general. Sure. Yeah, but she doesn't she doesn't answer to Grove. She answers to the general. Well, exactly. That's why she can just walk out. The general could say, "Hey, he's got a valid question." <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I mean. But uh, Remo ro- rolls out from underneath a truck that just drove onto the base, and and I I refer to her as Fleming. You want to call her Janeway? Yeah. Be my guest. And he says, "Remember me." Yeah, you just had my career back a decade. Yeah, who are you? Why wouldn't she alert the base, like security? Uh, Because of what happens in the next, like, two minutes. Right, but still. But the Russian is there watching, and she she actually says, I could march you in there right now. And he says, you won't. Who are you to give me orders? And then a light bulb goes off in her head. Oh, this guy must be army intelligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, She, she goes, are you army intelligence? He doesn't say anything. You are. It's the AR-60. And she apologizes. Do I salute you? Yes. Yeah. And and he fools her without saying a single word. Right. And she smiles. And But now the Russian pulls up in a, in a Jeep and he says that his name is Jim Wilson. He's from Grove Industries. And General Watson asked me to contact you. And he mm-hmm. has uh, the AR-60 set up on sea range and he can run her down there right now. Right. And Remo comes with. And then the Russian actually explains the issue with the AR-60. The only thing our guys at Baton Rouge could figure out was that the retaining ring hadn't been bolted down correctly. It doesn't click on like a bayonet joint. If some dumb dog face doesn't follow specs and tries to force it, it'll malfunction. Malfunction? When a piece of metal blows someone's head off, that isn't malfunction, Mr. Wilson. It's defective manufacture. It means that somewhere along the line, your company allowed a design error to creep in. Well, did you run the 310 test on them as well as the 480 sequence? No, I think we're going to find blowback. Blowback? Precisely. If that retaining ring is misaligned, a bullet could conceivably jam in the barrel. And at 20 rounds a second on full automatic, well, the results would naturally be catastrophic. Catastrophic is not the word. I must tell you, Mr. Wilson, that the Army has long suspected Grove Industries of... What the hell is going on? Everything it hits, it destroys. Yes. She smiles when she says, what's going on? It's like she thinks it's a joke or something. But yes, they get locked in this chamber. The thug is there, the guy with the uh, diamond tooth. Yep. And it says pressurized on the glass. I thought and this was a pressurization chamber. So it's not. did I. Yes. So did I. And he says, start the sequence. 
in five minutes. Um, and Remo is kicking the glass. She's passing out. So obviously some sort of, I don't know, I don't know what's getting injected in there. Well, there, there's something that's being piped in from the ceiling. Right. Yeah. And, but he also says, uh, not just to wait for five minutes, uh, fix the safety catches. It will look like an accident. And if you notice when Remo is kicking the glass, that's mm-hmm. very obviously plexiglass. Yeah. But um, yeah, she passes out. And I'm thinking the finger thing is going to come into play here. Mm, you think? And but, yeah. It does, but not in the way I expected it to. Yeah, but, the uh, thug looks at Remo and laughs, and then he comes in wearing a gas mask. And that's when I realized, oh, this is not pressure. Yet. They're not losing pressure. They're pumping in toxic gas or something. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a thing. You remember in An Officer and a Gentleman where they're doing the, um, I think it's pressurization and oxygen level, where they're doing the the skills like the, yes. the, the counting yes. cards and the, uh-huh. the patty cake. I thought it was uh-huh. going to be something like that. Yes, so did I. But the dri- but. D- driver, the guy with the diamond tooth, he kicks Remo. He's like, that's for my friends at the statue. And he kicks him again. That one's for me. And yeah. Remo turns around, removes the gas mask. <laughs> uh-huh. And then grabs him by the back of the head and jams his face into the glass and uses the diamond in his tooth to score the glass. Smart idea. Mm-hmm. Makes an X and then... He, the driver puts the gas mask back on, but then Remo actually does use the finger thing. <laughs> yes. Jams his two fingers through the eye hole into his brain. And then we, we cut to where the general is. Someone comes and tells the general. Well, hold on. They jump through the glass then. Yeah, they, they break through the glass. Yes. But mm-hmm. someone comes and tells the hold, general. Hold on a second. The, a scientist comes in and freezes. <laughs> okay. Did you not? Yeah. Did you not? And it would have been so much better if he had kind of backed out slowly. <laughs> Turn around. Almost uh, like the stormtroopers that yes, walk in up the Force on. Awakens. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Right. But yes, now a guy comes and tells Grove and the general of the accident. Well, what happened? Oh, sorry, sir. One of your assistants was killed. What, what, what? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Grove's not happy about that. And then right. out in the woods... Remo yeah. and uh, Janeway are walking, and sh- and she's babbling. Yeah, yeah, she's complaining, and and what she? How is she complaining? She's talking about all the forms she's gonna file, like uh-huh. all the complaints, and actually, that's what it says. Shut up, silly woman. But what the hell did he think he was doing? And finally, she thanks him for getting her out of there, and they, they share a look. But before they can kiss, he says they should keep moving. Yes, we have to get back to camp. Um, yeah, she wants to go right this way, and, and, he, and he wants to go back to Germany and says the, the, the diary is in Germany, in Berlin. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he goes, I want Grove, but we got to do it my way. And he pulls rank on her. <laughs> and then he, she slaps him for blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the general says that the base is on alpha alert. This is not a drill. Secrets have been stolen. A man has been killed and Fleming is missing. Mm-hmm. And they're using infrared has their heat signatures and they want them detained. And one of the guys says, well, if they resist, should we return fire? And the general doesn't answer. He looks at Grove and Grove answers. The security of the United States is at risk, Captain. What do you think? Gentlemen, you have your orders. You, you know what else is at risk? 
your bladder exploding? The security of my bladder. So I think it's time for. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And when I, when I was walking through the lobby, I ran into Jen and mm-hmm. she said, Hey, have I watched season two of, and just like that. And I looked at her like, how the fuck would I know? <laughs> With Sarah, Jessica Parker. Yeah, exactly. I, I tapped out of that a long, long time ago. Okay. But back to the, the movie out in the woods, Remo is pulling and eating some berries and he's loving it because it's not rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Eh, well, it's, it's flavor. And you rice, know, a- rice is bland and he gets that teaspoon of honey. If he's good. Okay. He's like a, he's like a captive, <laughs> but he offers some to Jane Wayne. She refuses. And he asks, how do you feel? Fine. They're going down to the lake, but then Remo hears something. And he walks over to a tree, and then he goes flying. And who's there? Oh, it's uh, Chun. Chun is there. You are deaf. I have been stomping around here for ten minutes while you talk nonsense with this woman. Pleasure to meet you, too. Even worse, you and the woman... Gorge yourself on sweets. Excuse me, but I do have a name. Women should stay home and make babies. <laughs> Preferably man-child. I see you both went to the same charm school. Oh, he always talks like that. He's Korean. Oh, I see. And that explains why he lives in a forest. No, actually, he's here for a special purpose. To kill me. Not so. I am here to see that you do not bring shame to the house of Shinanju. And if I do, then you kill me. That I would do reluctantly because you have been a good pupil for a white man. Oh, I see. So that makes everything okay, doesn't it? You are very skinny. Janeway is just dumbfounded by this whole situation. Mm Mm-hmm. She looks around. What the fuck is going on? Right. And I actually thought that there was going to be a heel turn here. I I thought that Chun was going to end up being some kind of a double agent. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't think that at all. No. But now it's the three of them are traveling together. And they're making their way down the hill. And who's at the bottom of the hill? Or not the bottom, but on their way down the hill? Hold on. Two guys working on a truck? A couple of yokels. Yes. And they, they steal the truck. And you had mentioned earlier, it didn't make sense that Fleming or Janeway was smiling. As, mm-hmm. as they're driving, she's smiling. Why? Oh, is she? Why is I she smiling? Know. And are, are they still on the base? Or have they gotten I don't, off the base? I Well, this, this truck would not be on the you base. You wouldn't think so. No. But no. small problem with the truck. Uh, no brakes. Yeah, Janeway's not smiling anymore. <laughs> no, she's not. And th- there's a giant log being dragged across the road so that can be <laughs> put up on a tree so it can take out an AT-ST. Right. And um, uh, where am I? Oh, yeah. So they the, the, the 
log is being dragged across. And I think somebody says jump. Remo says jump. Yes. And the truck goes off the hill and just breaks apart into a thousand pieces. And I'm thinking to myself, those two poor guys, this truck was probably their livelihood. I didn't even think about it that way. I thought of, well, first of all, in in my notes, it says that the three of them jump out, tune on one side, Remo and Janeway on the other, and the truck is careening down the hill. And surprisingly, it doesn't blow up because anytime anything, any kind of car goes down a hill, falls over, but it does, it just gets, it gets completely destroyed. And Remo checks to see if Janeway's all right. She is. And then he calls out for tune. I'm like, did he not jump out? So he goes running down the hill and she's slowly trailing behind him and he gets down to the crash site and he goes up to what is left of the truck and sure shit, Chun is still in the truck. Mm-hmm. In Korea, door handles do not break. Chun! Chun, are you all right? Are you hurt? No. When you approach middle age, there is a tendency towards bruising, my son. What? What did you call me? I call you a clumsy off. You drive like a monkey in heat! <laughs> oh, my God! Are you all right? And why should I not be? Oh, what are we going to do now? Well, you're going to stay with Chun. He'll probably teach you to breathe. I have a job to finish. Remo! Do not embarrass us. I won't. Little father. How, how old is Remo Williams supposed to be? 30s okay i'd say probably mid 30s 30 34 35 maybe okay isn't that a little bit old to be like finding a father figure yeah i guess and i I understand there's a whole thing where it's like okay he he respects me he cares for me more than he's shown i i get that part but the whole father-son dynamic seems a little bit weird based on his age. And we don't know anything about his family history other than he was not married and did not have kids. Mm-hmm. But as he goes away, um, Janeway just starts ranting. And I apologize. It's a clip heavy thing. This is ridiculous. Do you know what he's trying to do? They'll arrest him. They'll court-martial him. Silence. They'll lock him up and throw away the keys, and you just stand there like the Nook of the North. Why don't you help him, for God's sake? I thought he was... <gasps> Lesson 22. Blessed silence. W- was that... Did, did he just give her the big O? I'm not sure. And it was so good that she passed out? Yeah. I'm not sure. Because he does tap on her wrist, like he said, is, uh-huh. is the way to do it. Right. But he throws something into the wreckage of the truck. I have no idea what that was. And now Remo is running, and there is radio chatter about what's going on, and they are tracking Remo. And Remo's continuing to run. More chatter. Lock and load. Continuing to run. Commence pattern. 
and then the woods just start blowing up. Yeah, are they going after him, or is this just some sort of test? They're going after they're him. Going. I think they have not mines, but they have explosives. Artillery. Yeah, it's art. It's yeah, it's artillery. Well, I thought but, they were, uh, I don't see anything incoming. I thought they were just blowing shit up, so they had like pre-planned things in the ground. Mm, I don't know. You could man. be right, but they yeah. only—they really but, only had one shot at doing this, doing this scene though, because as he's running, all the shit is blowing up behind him, mm-hmm. and they're blowing the hell out of these woods, right? And he he jumps off a little cliff and then into some pre uh, pre some tree branches, just like Rambo. But the the tree is on is on some kind of thing and is moving up the air. <laughs> In the mountain, yeah. Well, it's a log. It's uh, it's uh, the way that loggers move logs across hills and stuff. But um, yeah, now now they say, well, the human presence now is fifty meters above the ground, and the three bad guys, Grove, the Russian, and the general, are in a jeep, and they see him, and Grove tells the driver to get him. And the, the driver grabs his M16 rifle, points it at him, and then lowers it and says, he's not going anywhere. Well, Grove grabs the rifle from him, knocks him out, and then starts shooting at Remo. And, and the, I thought it was in a, on a helicopter or connected. It's actually on some kind of like cable. Pul- yeah, like yeah. a cable car type thing. And mm-hmm. the, the Russian, or actually it's not the Russian, it's Grove. It's Grove. Ru- runs yeah. out of bullets on the machine right. gun and gets behind... The thirty um, caliber belt-fed machine gun. So, Doug, fill in blanks here. Thank you. <laughs> okay, but uh, Remo climbs to the top of the cable, and he unhooks the log, which falls onto a Ewok trap. Yeah, the little logs um, take out technology, and the jeep, its legs kind of like <laughs> shift and, go, and goes <laughs> falls yeah. down and blows up. Right, but the jeep flies off the mountain, and hell, hey, it looks like it was an accident. Um, Remo gets back on the ground, and he goes to the the site of the crashed jeep, and Chun mm-hmm. and meanwhile Chun and Janeway are at a dock waiting by a boat, and I guess uh, the jeep made its way almost all the way down to the lake or the river that the their boat is on, but somebody has survived the jeep crash. Right, it's been it's Grove that has survived the Jeep crash, and he has a a pistol trained on Remo, and he says, "Stop right there." Mm-hmm. I used to be interested in who you work for. Now I don't give a damn. You're a dangerous liability, my friend. You'll be dead in about fifteen seconds. The amusing thing is, they'll probably give me a medal for shooting you. And now we get a repeat of basically the scene in the beginning when Remo is going to kill Chun. Except now it's Remo that is dodging the bullets and gets up and unloads the magazine. Yes. And then Grove says, who are you? Remo throws him over the Jeep and I'm Batman. (laughs) That's it? (laughs) That's it. But he starts a, a tree on fire with his hands. No, it holds, it's not a tree. It's a stick. Okay, a stick. It's and a he rubs tree. the stick. 
It's he rubs the stick between his fingers like friction, like Survivor Man would teach you how to do, and it, it ignites it, and he tosses it in the gas trail that leads to the to the the truck, and then the, the super tropey explosion as he walks away without looking. Yeah, and they miss a golden opportunity here. How's that? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, All right. Before it's time. But uh, back at headquarters, Smith is listening to the news, which apparently is very, very up to date <laughs> because they have not even escaped yet, and they already know that Grove is dead, which mm-hmm. seems a little bit quick for that information to be out there. But Remo is running again, and he gets to the dock. Small problem. Janeway is there, but who is not? Chun is not there. And uh, that's what uh, this is why in my notes is how they get the death news on the death on the news so quick. But the the military has shown up and they say to be careful because Janeway Fleming is on their side and they do not want to shoot her. And a shitload of sh- soldiers are, are there as Chun shows up on the beach. And what is he going to do? Well, he runs across the water and Remo laughs. Yeah, he runs like Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Okay. His arms all askew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. But who is it that says, uh, wait, no, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's Janeway says, who are you? And would you believe we're the good guys? And then Chun is standing on the front of the boat and someone comes up and asks if Janeway, is she, if she's okay. Oh, yes, everything is fine. And then Chun has a last request for Remo as the film is playing out. Pastor! You know, Chun, sometimes you're a real pain in the ass. That is because it is the shortest route to your brain. But we must hurry. What's the rush? We must return in time to see if Jim is truly going to walk. What did you say? Or has the doctor merely told him so because he hoped to get a new wing for the hospital from his stepmother? Chun, you're incredible. No! I am better than that. And fade to black. Mm-hmm. Movie's over. Yes. Well, no, it didn't fade to black. It said, coming soon, Remo Williams 2, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. You're a liar. You're a liar. I've fallen for that shit twice in a row. <laughs> uh, okay, so actually, let's let's do this first. Playing. Playing out the stream. You already touched on this a little bit with Mac. So this movie is successful. This movie is the next hit series. It is going to be the American James Bond, which is what they wanted it to be. They bring mm-hmm. Mac back. I'm assuming they bring Fleming slash Janeway back as well. No, I no. It's a different chick each movie. But he did not. Nothing happened with him. Well, yeah, that's. That yeah, I don't know, but I I would think just like in a Bond movie, different chick. All right. So the only thing I know for sure is uh, Smith gets diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. So yeah. my, my movie, I will go. Okay. <sighs> this was a weird one because this is over two hours long. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the longest movies we've done in a while. Mm-hmm. But it feels short in a way. Okay. It it feels like it's missing something. 
they spent so much time on the beginning of it with him and training and stuff. By there's very little on the back end once they actually get into the the meat of Grove and Harp and stuff. All right. It was a a long short movie or a short long movie. That being said, I thought it was enjoyable. I, I didn't think it was great, but I, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was terrible. I agree. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It did seem like it was missing something. Um, But I had a good time watching it, for sure. I, I, it, it, it's just weird because it, it feels like there is... There's certain things that were not answered. The the whole thing with Fleming Janeway, that never bears any fruit. And the the way that Mac is kind of dispatched, and with them only having two characters in cure, mm-hmm. th- there's there's not a lot there. It, and it just seems like a very long movie for what's there. And as I was going through this and I was I was pulling the clips for it. This movie has like so much shit you could pull. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I I was shocked by that, but would I recommend it? Sure. I mean, I would mm-hmm. say don't go into it thinking it's going to be a great thing, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Mhm. I agree. So right did, there with you. Did Jen watch this film? I'm going to say no. And now it's time for Jen's 2-second movie review. Didn't watch it. That was Jen's 2-second movie review. Jen! It's been a hot minute since she actually watched a film that we've yeah. done. Uh-huh. Uh, so, time to move on. Watch ya! Watch ya! Actually, I, I have something I want to ask you first. Oh, okay. And this came up yesterday at uh, the retirement party I was at. And somebody asked me a question, and I, I didn't know how to answer it. And I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were about this. So... I tend to think I am loyal to my friends. Mm-hmm. And I I don't use the term friend loosely. It's it's something I will not apply to a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Even even fewer people would apply it to me. But <coughs> you know, it Pardon means me. something to me to say that somebody is, is my friend. But if your friend went to prison, say, would you stand with them? Depends on what they went to prison for. Okay. And what about, so let, let's say it, it's, it's murder and they say to you, yeah, I, I did it. I killed them. Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what do you do with that information? I mean, is that kind of like, okay, I you have been one of my friends forever, but I, I have to walk away from you now? Yeah. Or is murder not that bad? There's other ones that are worse. No, mur- murder is terrible, man. And I, I just didn't know because you care about the person is it, and is it a thing where it's like, I care about the person, I want them to be okay, but at the same time, I cannot be there for them anymore i i did not know how to approach that and i mean hopefully you'll never go through that scenario 
you hope. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, there's certain things have surprised me. That's it's. There's other things that have not surprised me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think of, you know, anybody can be accused of anything. And mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of it depends on how, how they approach it. What do they tell you? And I, I look at it as people will tell me what they want to tell me. And if they want to say they want to give their defense, that's one thing. If they want to say they did it, that's something else. But I, I just look at it as, so, you know, you are, you're convicted of running a giant cocaine ring. Okay. Actually, that's not that bad of a thing, I suppose. But um, so you, you're running a giant cocaine ring. And that, that's going to be one of the things in, in the, the thing for the podcast. And Doug runs a giant cocaine ring. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I go and I see you in prison and you say, yeah, I did it. You, you, I still care about you. And I guess, you know, that's being a drug lord. It's not really a good thing. I swear you killed people though. You had people killed. So I might have to walk away from you at that point. Yeah, I would too. I remember when I was in sixth grade, the summer between sixth grade and seventh grade. And I was with my friend Luke and we were at a drugstore and he stole a pack of gum and he got caught. And I, I had to distance myself from him for a while. Okay. okay. Cause I was like, wow, I can't, I told you not to do it and you did it. And that was somewhat shocking to me but you know we we both have friends that have done really stupid shit and i've done Mm -hmm. stupid shit you've done stupid shit but i mean continuously done stupid shit so anyway let's just go ahead and move on yeah let's move on whatcha 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 watching so on your recommendation i watched the american gladiators documentary okay I thought it was interesting. And as mm-hmm. I'm watching, I'm like, I can't remember which one. I know one of these was in Playboy. I cannot remember which one. But there's two. There's a couple of them that were in Playboy. There's one that was not, I think Lace, who was not interviewed for the show, was in Playboy. And she had kind of flapjacks. But then the other one, who I think was a lesbian, mm-hmm. she was definitely in Playboy. But I, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I also watched another documentary, which you probably haven't seen. And if you haven't, you should. It's so, so angering. It, it's called How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Okay. It's on I've Netflix. It. All right. It's, uh, it's four or five episodes. I watched it and I told Jen, you have to watch this. So I have somebody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. It is... Just, it shows how fucked our justice system is. Okay. And how th- they will overlook prosec- prosecutions, misdeeds. And some of the shit that happens in there is just amazingly, overtly angering that they, they do this stuff. And nothing happened to these people that withheld evidence or said, there's nothing here. And it, it, it's fascinating because it happened in the last 10 years and it, it caused over 30,000 individual convictions to be overturned. It's, it's amazing. Okay. I watched uh, the first half of the second season of The Lincoln Lawyer. Mm-hmm. I am up to date on Strange New Worlds. 
Okay. It, it's good. It's not great. It's good. I watched uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit to close out my Jack Ryan stuff. All right. And I, I sent you a, you and Lawn Chair a thing about uh, Kieran Knightley. Mm-hmm. It's like her teeth don't fit in her face. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I watched, she's a pretty she's a pretty girl. She is, yes. But when she talks, it it looks like she's struggling because it's almost like she has dentures. Oh, okay. I mean, trust me, way out of my league, but still, mm-hmm. she, she talks fucking weird. I watched the first half of a 2014 film with Ryan Reynolds called Captive, which got really, really bad reviews. It's interesting. I don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. I'm up to date on what we do in the shadows. <laughs> okay. And I'm also up to date on Hijack, which I think has two episodes left. All right. So over to you. Okay. I finished watching Jury Duty. Was very, very pleased with how that show ended. Cracked, it cracked me up the whole, the whole time. I, I laughed at each episode at some point. Um, I watched all of the quarterback. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I watched series. the first episode of that as well. Okay. Um, observations. Uh, well, I guess, you know what? I don't want to ruin it for you. The Tell one, me when you're done. Tell me when you're done with it. One episode in, the one thing I can say is if Mahomes' wife was somebody he met later, it'd be There's something no different. Yeah. She's so fucking annoying. And here's the thing about Patrick Mahomes. And if you continue watching this, you'll notice this, that when he's on the field, he's dropping just a ton of F-bombs. Yep. And there are so many kids that look up to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think he's the number one seller of jerseys. And you have to imagine that there's going to be people that sit down and watch this with their kids and go, oh, yeah, this great document. It's got Patrick Mahomes. And it's just fuck, 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 fuck. But he's That's on a the bad, field, though. I, I, it I understand what you're saying. It's a, it doesn't matter. It's still a bad look. And then you've got Kirk Cousins, who is just once you finish watching this documentary, I, it, it, it's even though he's a, a hated wearer of the purple, I don't know how you cannot root for this guy just in life and everything else. He's just a great guy. No, I, I've always been. I can separate the man from the jersey, mm-hmm. and just Aaron Rodgers is a perfect example. Um, huge douche canoe. Yeah. But he was our quarterback. Right. But I can still say he's a fucking douchebag. Uh, same with uh, Matthews, Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Fucking dirty player. But mm-hmm. he was our dirty player. Right. Uh, I respect um, Cousins a lot. But the thing with Mahomes is if he had met his wife in college or after college, it'd be one thing. But they were together in high school. But goddamn, yeah. is she annoying. Oh, she's and, terrible. And you can see it in his, he's like, I don't want to take another fucking picture. Yeah. It's like, you have to, it's for the photo op. Uh, yeah. That's, I, yeah. that's got to get but, sh- but she's in the press box swearing also during the games. Is his brother just, in that at all? They don't interview him, but they show him a couple of times. Because his brother's a fucking problem too. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Uh, I watched Sisu. Okay. I've not watched that yet. I, I know that was a big thing to get. Yes. Um, I enjoyed the other Nazi gold movie better. Okay. That, that's on Netflix, Blood and Gold. Yep. I like that. I, this was, it was okay, but I don't know. 
It's I like the other one better. Um, watched Kick Ass One and Kick Ass Two. Yeah, <laughs> those are great movies, man. I have never I had never seen Part Two, and I think I'd only seen the first one once in the theater. And I watched them with my boys. <laughs> they are they are a lot of fun. Ukraine is weak. <laughs> what? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then I continued watching Yellow Jackets. So I haven't finished the first season yet. But oh, you I haven't think... even finished the first season. Okay. No, she she just killed the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. It's... And, and, and then finds out that the husband actually wasn't having an affair. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, there's a there's a couple little twists and turns in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I'll keep watching it tonight after this is done. Okay. And actually, all I right. don't know if you noticed, uh, two episodes, uh, and you didn't say it at all, so you probably haven't been watching Strange New Worlds. Two episodes came out in the last week. No, I have not. I watched the first episode, and that's it. Too much other stuff to watch. But there- I'll get I'll get to it. I'll probably wait until the entire series has is, is been released. But this last episode, this one that came out, and the only reason it came out is because of Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So they released a second episode this week. It's the crossover between Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks, which is animated. Uh-huh. So the very beginning and the very end of the episode are animated, and then oh. they have like a crossover. Okay. It was all right. All right. I, I don't watch Lower Decks, so. No, either. Yeah. All right. So ready for next week? I am. <laughs> I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees to next week's movie, and I think I like it. Well, and not really next week, like two weeks from now. Yep. Okay. Uh, Fred Ward plays Remo in this week's film. He plays Paulie, Pauling in 1990's Catch Fire. Uh, Charlie Sheen plays Bob in that film. Sheen plays Hap Felsch, not Felch. In this 1988 return to America's favorite pastime. It's not Major League. Um, no, it's not Major League or Major League Two. two. It's not Major no. League Three, back to the minors. No. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, Eight Men Out? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Well, nor have I. And would you like the first film from um, who's the director of that? I don't know. <laughs> no fucking idea. Because that was, I want to say it's Fincher. That can't be right. Mm, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Cause, uh, John Sales. Okay. So I'm, I'm totally wrong. No. All right. Never mind. Okay. Would you like to know my other 80s movies that I that I was going to pick from that I hadn't seen? Sure. Okay. Do the Right Thing, The Elephant Man, Big Chill, Blood Simple, Prizzy's Honor, Body Heat, Lost in America, Scanners, The Verdict, and Star Chamber. Okay. I would have vetoed one of those. Which one? The very first one you mentioned. Do the Right Thing? Yeah. I don't think I would have ever picked it. I am not a big Spike Lee fan. No, I. I and, and the thing is, although he, although I I liked um, Inside Man. Inside Man was great. Yeah, but that was Spike Lee doing a non Spike Lee film. Yeah. So okay, so Eight Men Out. So Charlie Sheen and DB Sweeney, John Cusack. God, another um, Cusack film. Um, who's the? 
He's the blind guy in sneakers. Oh, David River Phoenix. Dave, no, <laughs> River Phoenix is in sneakers. Sneakers is I a know great it's, film. It is a great film. Yeah. Uh, what's David something or another? Anyway, David's anyway. Strathern here. Yes, he plays Whistler. There you go. All right. It's nineteen ninety two. Can't do that. No. No. All right. So go ahead. This is a lot shorter than I expected it to be. Honestly, is it? Yeah. I had a fucking. This movie was just so much. Yeah, I had a lot of notes. I had a lot of notes. So, all right. Well, hey, thanks everybody. Uh, you'll actually be joining us next for our river cast, which I have an idea, but it's going to take some cooperation from the rest of the gang. But if not, you and I can still do it. Uh, yeah. If you have any, uh, any questions or any like topics that you might want us to discuss, I do have something else that I have planned as well, which will kind of oh. like give possibilities. So. We'll see, but if you have anything that you'd you'd want to ask or want us to talk about it, let us let us know, and we can talk about it in the yeah. Rivercast. Email us betamaxrewind at yahoo dot com. Like us on Facebook. Rate and review where you get your podcasts. Um, help you find a couple of chuns like us. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you, everybody for uh, hanging out with us for a couple hours while we discussed um, Remo Williams. The adventure begins. So do you have anything for um, season 11? No. I'm I'm actually super, super excited about season 11. Are you? Yeah. I got a lot of shit planned. So. Okay. It's all great. No, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. It's all good. So we will see you next week for Eight Men Out. Is it? No, the Rivercast. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Rivercast is um Ray no Ray Liotta's in uh Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. So Charlie yeah. Sheen, get men out. Mm-hmm. Oh. Alright. Yeah, Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>